On today's show, I'm hosting it, Lane Frank. You may hear me on here weekly doing my NFL picks. Co-hosting with me will be UTEP starting quarterback Kay McConnell and Zay Gallindo. We're hosting Sports Talk today. Well, Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broadus, your regular hosts, are out of the studio. If you want to join in on the show, call in number to talk sports with us is 915-505-6009. You can also tweet the show, 600 East Pinal Paso. we got a great show planned for everybody. We're going to have UTEP Athletic Director Jim Center hopping on very shortly. Bernie Olivas, Sumble Director, coming on right after. And then new UTEP Head Coach Scotty Walden. Kate, you ready for the show? Oh, I'm so excited. I mean, it's it's awesome enough that we have these three guests coming in, uh, but it's been a long time since me and you have been on the show together. Uh, I'm excited for what's about to go on. It's going to be awesome. Jim's just getting in here right now, Mr. Center, uh, and so I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a great show. I think people are going to be excited for three straight hours. Yeah, yeah, we haven't done this show in a while together, but it's going to be really, really fun, really excited. Got some great guests. I think people are going to be excited to hear new UTEP head coach Scotty Walden on, and of course, Mr. Center. Absolutely. I think it's going to be exciting. Uh, Mr. Center, how's it going? It's going good. Radio? Yeah, going 100 miles an hour. It's busy. And uh, gosh, I, I, it seems like just yesterday uh, we, we made the change and here we are going full steam ahead with uh, a new coach and, and a new culture and a new plan. We had uh, 12 coaches come in today, or 12 coaches and plus support staff, right? So the, the staff is already turning over despite the fact that we. Uh, uh, you know, we we introduced Coach Walden on uh, on Wednesday, so it happens very very quickly. Yeah, we're really excited to have Coach, uh, Coach Walden on here. Gonna be great to talk to him. But can you give us into the process? How many guys you interviewed? Why Coach Walden stuck out to you? Yeah, well, I, I won't give you the exact number, but let me just say that it's more than five. Okay, and we did it on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in two different locations, and we had a great group of of, of candidates. And I tell you the the one of the challenges is this. Uh, when, when you have a job open, everybody in the country, head coaches, assistant coaches who are interested, start to text you, email you, and call. And then they have, they have others who they know that are trying to call on their behalf, uh, text, co- uh, text email, and, and, uh, and call. And then you have agents who represent coaches. Uh, call and do the exact same thing. So you, you're just being bombarded from all different sides. And then you have people who know uh, donors and influential people in the community or supporters of the program calling them, and so they are calling me, uh, advocating for the person that, they, that they're interested in. So it's you're talking about possibly a hundred different names and all this information you're trying to synthesize down into a manageable group that you want to interview. So it's a challenge, and ultimately we kept coming back to what is our ideal profile uh, of the candidate that we want. And we kept comparing every single every single person that came up uh, and every single person that said they were interested through their agent or themselves against that. And that's, uh, that's how we got to the ones that we interviewed. So do you say being an athletic director during coaching search is one of the toughest jobs in America? Well, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's, it's one of the tougher ones. One of the tougher things to do when you're the athletic director is to have to let people go. Uh, because you're affecting people's lives. I don't take that lightly. It's a, it's a really serious thing. And, um, you know, I can tell you, uh, I've had to do this uh, two or three times. There are really, really good people. There's a lot of reasons why people aren't successful. The factors that play into why someone's successful here and not someplace else or vice versa is there's a myriad of them. And most people don't even recognize that or understand what it is. It could be the strength of the conference. It could be the non-conference schedule. It could be the strength of the conference schedule. There, it just goes on and on and on, right? Uh, the strength the staff, the strength of the players, and and so uh, the hardest thing is to make a decision like like uh, 
uh, going in a different direction from Coach Dimmel, knowing that you're affecting essentially 20 families at one decision. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm glad you touched on that because uh, I compared it to on the last show that we had in here. It was like uh, we were all in foster care and we got switched out parents because it's the people that you see every single day and that you're around in the locker room and the facility. And then all of a sudden, you know, on a dime, it switches like that. And it feels like you have new parents. But, you know, the interesting thing is and the sentiment from the team and being one of the guys in the locker room, I feel like what you've brought in with Coach Walden is like it's a piece of this really big puzzle. And it's a very big, important piece. But it feels like Coach Walden is a piece of the puzzle where there's a lot of different things happening in this facility right now. There's a there's a new aura, there's a new feel, a new motivation and energy. And I feel like you obviously thought that Coach Walden was a big piece of that. You know, can you just touch on you know maybe what you saw in him personally? That's a little bit of a spark in the piece of that puzzle. Yeah, you know, so great, and and I think that's a wonderful you know picture that you just portrayed there. Like all of a sudden you you you've gone into foster care, right? You got a new set of parents because you get close to our coaches, your, your position coaches, the head coach and the culture and the people and you know what you know and one of the scariest things and I told the team when I met with them the day after we made the change is that hey listen the guys you're either you're either coming out of change you're you're headed into change and uh, and you got to be you got to be prepared for that right uh, or you're going to go into it so anyway we will uh, we will continue to talk about that I don't think you got to go to a break but uh, we'll we'll talk some more about what I saw in Scotty you know I know we got a caller calling in right now to ask you a few questions let's hear this Hello. 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 You're on Sports Talk. Hi, this is Richard on the east side. Uh, I was wondering why UTEP still does not have a baseball team. And a second question, say a uh, Jim Harbaugh situation happens where they had to suspend first three games and he gets caught cheating, suspended the last three games, you think he even deserves to go into a uh, a bowl game? Uh, I'll listen to your thoughts. I'm going to answer this question really quick about the Jim Harbaugh thing. Then I'll let Mr. Center answer about the baseball team. But uh, the Jim Harbaugh thing right here, I'm a Michigan guy. I'm a diehard Michigan fan. Why would you suspend or get rid of a coach, not let them coach in a bowl game, when there's no exact evidence that this is happening? You see that they can beat, Mich- beat Ohio State these last three years. You can see that they can make the college ball playoff these last three years. It's not like this Michigan program was nothing before these past three years when Connor Stallions got there. No. Jim Harbaugh made two new six bowl games before that. He had success before that. He just pieced it all together in 2021. Now, I don't think that has anything to do with Connor Stallions. There's some other guys that do with that. So you saying that Michigan should not be in a bowl game? I don't get that right there. So let me, uh, I'll just say this. I'm not going to comment on the Michigan situation because I don't have enough information. All I know is and see and read is what everybody else does. So it would be unfair for me to comment. But but I can say, uh, Richard, to ask you, answer your question about baseball, I hear it all the time. I'm a huge baseball fan. I love baseball. Uh, it was probably the best sport that I ever played when I grew up. But unfortunately, because of Title IX and gender equity, uh, we won't be adding baseball. Uh, it would cost approximately a million dollars a year to have a baseball program. And while I would love it, uh, we, we really need to add two to three more women's sports just to get even where we need to be in Title IX and gender equity for proportionality. And then even if we added a baseball team on top of that, I'd have to turn around and add another 30 women to try to get back to even because of gender equity. So that's the biggest challenge. But I love it, and I think it would be a great fit in our portfolio here in El Paso. Yeah, I do think it'd be a great fit also. Ivan Melendez went to my high school. Coronado said he probably would have played at UTEP if they had a baseball team. He went to Texas, won the Golden Spikes Award there for best player in the country. Now he's in the Arizona Diamondbacks. 
So baseball would have been great UTEP, but that's a great explanation right there. You know, I think another thing, too, is it's like, you know, good at a lot of things are great at, you know, the stuff that you have. And, and we have great sports here at UTEP, and we're in the process of increasing and always trying to become the best that we can possibly be. And, you know, the hiring of Coach Walden um, and doing the things that we're doing around the football facility right now um, and other sports, you know, you know, we're on the we're on the rise and putting, you know, efforts and full force there, not only with players, but with the help of you, Mr. Center. You know, that's also a big focus. And I think that's just the main positive to take away from it all. Yeah, th- thank you. I, d- I, w- I do want to go back and finish up the, the question I asked earlier before our, our callers started, and that was we, we kept coming back to Coach Walden uh, because he checked every single box that we wanted on our ideal profile of our candidate, right? And, and, he, and he had more check marks than the, the number two person, the number three person, even though they were close. And I think we could have hired any one of the top three and, and, and have been great. But we just kept coming back to integrity. We kept coming back to character. We kept coming back to having a plan. We kept coming back to the fact that he's an offensive-minded coach and can move the ball down the field and score points. We kept coming back to the fact that he's a successful sitting head coach. We kept coming back to the fact that he's a Texas-born, bred, raised, played, coached, uh, guy in Texas where we got to get good players every single year. And we kept coming back to the, to the fact that uh, his energy is infectious, right? I mean, everybody who's met him and seen him and everybody's seeing it now going, holy cow, this guy's amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I really want to praise you. Your last two major hires here at UTEP. Joe Golding, like you said, Texas bred. Texas brings the energy to El Paso. Now Coach Walden, hopefully you can bring that same energy, like you said, really care about El Paso. Young hires, I love it. Yep. Thank, thank you. And, and I'll tell you, some people always equate youth to energy. Uh, and, and I would just tell you that the people got to be careful that we're not necessarily looking for a young guy or looking for an old guy. Uh, we're looking for energy. Keith Adams has got great energy. I mean, you, if you spend any time with her, you're just like, holy cow. I mean, she's, she's wired, fired, and inspired, right? I mean, I mean ben, ben, Wallace, ben Wallace, same thing. And so we've got a lot of people like that, and it's really exciting. I do think, obviously, it's, it's inevitable that young people people are going to probably resonate more with younger people their age, right? Uh, but you can be older but still be have great energy and still resonate. You just got to work at it a little bit harder. Today's, what, today's day of college sports. I think energy might be the biggest thing. Coach Wallace, I had him on here last week. He brought great energy on the show. He's bringing great energy in the volleyball world. Kate, I know you were at that volleyball game this week. Let's talk about that for a second. I was, and I've, I was not the only one at the volleyball game. We were sold out, and I saw everybody I knew at UTEP there, which is so exciting. Um, it was a packed house. We sold out a little over 3,000 people there. A great win by our girls against Clemson. Uh, I was sitting front row right behind the girls that were serving. Uh, I was happy to know that you know I was right in the background on the ESPN Plus coverage, so I just want uh, all the UTEP fans to know that the UTEP football team was there uh, supporting our girls, but what a win for them. Um, and now they're on to the semis against US. SF Sunday at 1.30 here. Is that correct? Yep. That's awesome. You know, so proud of them. Uh, yeah. What do you have to say about that, Mr. Senator? Well, I, I was just going to say, you know, it, th- this is an example, and we've all heard this. I've been told this. When we win at a high level here, El Pasoans will turn out. They are hungry for championship-level competition in, in teams. And so it's just a little sneak peek into what it could be if we win at a high level in basketball, men's and women's basketball, really every single sport we have. But it's really a tribute to what Ben Wallace has done in his leadership, his coaching staff, his team, his, his recruiting and, and strategy acumen. Um, he's he's the real deal, and we're going to have to work our butts off to try to keep him, I'm sure, and we've got to make some investments in volleyball, and, and, and we're trying to do that. We're planning on building uh, a new locker room out, team room, and some different things in Memorial Gym to help that program, and that will also help our beach program as well. He said that people always go up to him, why don't you play in the Don? He said he loves Memorial Stadium. 
when you talk about that for a second, what Memorial Stadium means to you? Well, I, I tell you, anytime I'm, I'm kind of old school uh, here. I was just talking about energy and youth and everything. But when you go in a smaller venue and it's packed out, the energy is off the charts. You put those same 3,000 people in a 12,000-seat venue, it won't have the same kind of energy, right? So you're balancing that. You know, Do we get five or 6,000 in there for, for a game? I don't know. If I knew we could sell out the Don Haskins Center, let's just say we were fortunate enough to win on Sunday. And we, we, maybe we could play for the championship, a national championship. What might it make sense to go to the Don Haskins Center? It might if we could sell it out and create the same kind of energy. But I'd, I'd rather be in Memorial Gym and have 3,200 or 3,500 standing room only people and, and have, it, have it be an intimidating atmosphere for the opponent rather than have 6,000 in the Don and have it have half the energy. All right. And, and, and having that energy and seeing people lined up outside the door is inspiring for all sports. You know, I know walking in with all the football teammates, that line was going all the way back towards Glory, Glory Road back there. You know, I was like, is there going to be enough seats in here for all these people to get in? And I don't know if there was or not, but the energy was there. And yeah. when other sports see that, you know, it's all but, you know, all the motivation you need as another sport, you know, to be like, well, if this was 3,000 people and that Sun Bowl sits close to 50,000 people, that's pretty awesome right there. And it's just, it's just more energy to go forward. I was at Cameron Indoor Stadium last month for Duke, and they have a massive crowd always. 10,000 people, small arena, there's massive energy. So people always say, why don't you build a bigger stadium? Why don't you have a stadium like Michigan, like North Carolina, like a big school? It's because Duke, such small students, they want to have that energy. They could probably get a bigger stadium, but then there's not that energy packed in there. I think that goes to Memorial Stadium a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I I would agree. All right, let's go to a break, Sports Talk fans. Jim Center on next. Welcome back to the 4 o'clock hour. Second part right here. Back with Jim Center, UTEP Athletic Director. I'm hosting today, Lane Frank, while Steve Kaplitz, Adrian Bross are out of the studio. My co-host, Kay McConnell. It's been great so far. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, this is more fun than the last time we did it, and I didn't think that was possible. I know. It's been a great time so far. Got great guests coming up. Scotty Walden, new UTEP head coach, coming up next hour. And Bernie Olivas, Sumble Director. We still have Jim Center with us right here. Thank you for joining us still. Next thing I want to touch you right here. The college football playoff, as we all know, four teams getting every year. Going to move to 12 with one group of five team getting every year. But this year, Florida State gets left out. First Power 5 champion to be undefeated and get left out of the playoff. I just want to hear your quick thoughts on that. What do you think of that? Because most of the college ball playoff committee is athletic directors. just want to get your thoughts on that. Okay, so let me tell you. Uh, two, two years ago, I had the opportunity to go sit in a mock CFP uh, uh, um, selection process, right? And they do this every single year, and about 20 different athletic directors and different people from the country go and go do this exact same thing. They basically give you, like 10 years ago, the scenario. You go through the exact same process. It is absolutely amazing uh, and eye-opening, because we all sit around and think, well, why they do this? Why they do that? Coaches, ADs do the same thing without knowing the intricacies of what goes into it. Once I did that, what I found out was there is so much data to look at and compare. It's remarkable. And I you know, anytime you're in there, if you're talking about your conference, you've got to leave the room. If you're talking about your team, you've got to leave the room. So, you know, there's none of that funkiness going on. Uh, and, and then the next thing is we, we went through that entire process. We came up with the exact same ranking, right, as, as they did 10 years ago. Right, and no one even could remember who well, who even won the national championship. But but we came up with the same exact same ranking, except I think maybe we had twelve and thirteen switched, and you ranked all the way to twenty five. So my point is, uh, I, I I get how they could arrive at what they got. 
the flip side of that is what I feel really bad for is if you've won all your games, and that's the best that you can do. There's only three teams in America, excluding Liberty at the Power Five level, that won all their games, right? So how in the heck are you not in there? Yep. I, I know how it happened because I saw how the ranking thing works, but I just tell you, I don't think that's fair. And if somebody loses a player, I don't think it's fair that you go, well, they're not going to be very good in the championship or the tournament or whatever uh, because they lost a player. This is what we did. We won 13. We can't do any better than that. So I, I think it's sad. Well, I think going back to 2014, there was a great TCU team. They finished 12-1, and could have gone to the playoff. There was an Ohio State team, also 12-1. and They were on a third-string quarterback, Carlo Jones. But that third-string quarterback won his Big Ten championship game 59 to nothing, the biggest one they had all season long against any Power 5 team. So I think that was big to show the CFP committee. That team ended up winning the national championship. TCU won their bowl game. But just going off Florida State, they were on third-string quarterback. He didn't play great. He obviously wouldn't have started that playoff game. It would have been Tate Rodmaker, the backup. He would come back from that concussion by then. But I just think if you were looking for the four best teams, Alabama should have been there. But I think so should Georgia. Georgia, if you're putting up a hypothetical line against Michigan, Texas, or Washington, I think Georgia's favored in all of those games. So yeah. if you're looking for the four best, that's what you do. For most deserving, Florida State should have gone there. Yeah, but I, I, I couldn't argue with your assessment, Lane. No, I, I agree with that too. I think that the, the term that I used with somebody earlier on in the week was um, – I think that they got it correct, but it's not right. And there's two. There's two. They got it right. They didn't. They, they, you know, or they got it right, or it's not right. But yeah. they got it correct. I'm, I'm confusing myself yeah, over here. Yeah. Um, but you know, someone was going to have to get the short end of the stick. And I think that when you look back on it, that was what everybody was talking about before the selection committee. Is that this is kind of a lose lose kind of thing because somebody's going to be either you know deserving of it and not get in, or be one of the better teams and not get in. And I think that's important to remember too because you know everybody has their opinions or has something to say about the, what the college football playoff committee's decision was ultimately we just got to kind of remember it was lose lose my question to you mr center is though is you know so you said you went into the mock cfp mm-hmm. um do you feel that you know with your experience in that and what you got to hear behind those closed doors with minds that are meant to you know to be put towards that do they get it in general you know have they gotten it right mostly is it is it are they on track when you're sitting in those meetings and it's eye-opening and you agree yes i yeah i agree and, and i honestly if you had asked me that before I went there, I'd have probably said no. I, I think there's a lot of uh, – I would have thought that there was prejudice or preferential treatment, particularly to marquee blue blood programs. After sitting through there, it, it, is, it is absolutely, in my opinion, objective, right? Not subjective, objective based on the data and all the data that they have available to them. It's, it, it's astounding. It really is. And when you, can, when you can slice and dice something down into the smallest amount of detail, uh, it, it, it is eye-opening. So um, I, I'm just going to tell you guys, if we go to six teams, if you go to eight teams, if you go to 12 teams, it ain't going to matter. You're going to have the same problem whenever you get to 12 and 13. If you only go to 12, there'll be this big dogfight about who's, who, who didn't get let in when Absolutely. you're the 13th best team, right? So it's never we have it when there's 64 teams in the NCAA tournament, yeah. right? You could double it. We'll still have the same problem. People who are left out are always going to, going to be mad because they feel like they were snubbed. With that being said, do you feel like expanding the college football playoff is the best thing to I do? I do. Okay. And Liberty probably would have grabbed that group of five spot this year. Next year, going to 12 teams. 12 team will go to a group of five team. Liberty, they're in year six bowl now. It's been a great year for Conference USA. New Mexico State being Auburn. I know we hate them over here. 
Liberty making New Year's Six Bowl. The Wednesday night football games did great. Want to touch on that for a second? Yeah. Well, well first of all, you know, I, I want to give kudos. You know, I know when we had when we had the realignment stuff and we had six teams leave, and there was a lot of consternation, like God, we're we're going to turn into an FCS league and 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 yada yada yada. And most of the teams that left all started in our league, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago as FCS teams, and they grew and they got better, and so they they went to something different that they felt was the right thing for them. And then along comes you know Liberty and New Mexico State. And uh, in Jacksonville State, and guess what? It turns out they weren't so bad. No, they right? were not. Uh, and so they're all good, good teams, good programs. And now they they are they're playing in a in a league uh, that's competitive to them. Both Liberty and New Mexico State were both uh, balls playing over their heads because they're playing a lot of uh, money games. Not that they had to, but because there's nobody left to play, right? So they had to take those games. So uh, kudos to them and, and what New Mexico State has done. It makes our league better. And and, and I hope that uh, El Paso wins when we line up against New Mexico State next year. That ten. 15,000 of us will go over there and say, we're going to beat your butt in Las Cruces, right? Because that's what makes great rivalries. We need El Pasoans to take that rivalry seriously. I think so. For every sport, basketball used to be the most... Absolutely. I think you can argue Utah and Mexico State is one of the most heated rivalries in college basketball. And that's yeah. good for college. Good for college sports. So what have you seen from that rivalry since you've taken over as the athletic director here? Well, I think there, I think all of our games have been competitive with them. And, uh, you know, I think uh, with, with Dana's tenure, I think we won uh, two or three and lost two or three or three or four. I can't remember. It's, they, they've won more than, than we have. Uh, basketball is about even, right? And, and even if you look at the lifetime series, uh, it's fairly comparable, right? So that, that makes for good rivalries. Yeah, I think teams around conference. I think people who are in Conference USA should be proud of being Conference USA this year, especially from you know being a football player in this conference. You know, you look around, you watch the games, and you get to watch them back with the national uh, coverage on Wednesdays. I think there's a lot to be proud of and a lot to be excited for. You know, we, t- we just talked about a lot of change and a lot of new wave of emotion coming through the program, especially with football on the up and up. And and I'm excited for next year, truthfully, and not just about UTEP, but about the teams that we get to go play. You know, getting to go play New Mexico State in the Battle of I-10 is special. Getting to play Liberty is special. Jacksonville State, I mean, these are really good football programs that we get to go play next year, and it's exciting. Um, but I would like to ask you again, kind of what Lane touched on, you know, what did you see from those Wednesday games from an athletic director's point of view, and, and did you like it? Did you not? Well, I would say I'm probably more of a traditionalist. I'd rather be playing on, on Saturday. <laughs> Understandable. Uh, and, yep. and my preference would be to play Saturday at 2 o'clock just because I like, I like playing in the middle of the day and getting it out of the way, right? I think it's tough on players when you sit around all day long and you try to keep guys up and moving around and focused. And we all know the longer you lay on the couch or on your bed, the more lethargic you become, right? Which is why when we're on the road, these guys are getting you up. You're doing walkthroughs. You're doing all the stuff, team meetings and position meetings to try to keep you into it. Uh, but So that would be my preference. But uh, this is going to be our contract for the next five years. And this year we only had, uh, you know, one game on a Wednesday night here. And next year we'll probably have two. Uh, it'll be uh, either either uh, two on a, on a Tuesday or Wednesday night. We could be on the slide where you're going on Tuesdays. There's about four that are going on Tuesdays and four that are going on Wednesdays, right? So um, uh, I, I, I'm a little bit concerned about what that could do to our, to our gate and our attendance, right? And we, we need to sell tickets and need people to come to games to, to – to, to, to pay for our expenses and our drive revenue. At the same time, I think the exposure was great. There were more people that got a chance to see us on linear TV than we've had in forever. So that was a really, really positive thing. 
No doubt. And I can speak from personal experience to that. First of all, I agree with everything that you just said. I like playing on Saturdays better too. I like playing during the daytime, getting up, getting the day going and going right at it. Um, But I will say with the Wednesday games, I remember my first start this past season was against Florida International on that first Wednesday game. Um, And it was really cool from the media side of it and the ESPN deal side of it, because I had people that I had not talked to in five years plus, you know, maybe even before high school um, that were texting me and saying, Hey, I just saw you on ESPN, great job, or just talking about UTEP football in general. So the eyes and the exposure and the outreach farther out in the country is, you know, cannot be understated. And so many more people do get to see UTEP football. Obviously, the downside is, is that, you know, your attendance and things like that, you know, may take a hit. Um, but there are some positives and there's some really cool aspects of it, too. Yeah, well, and if I remember correctly, you might have had a career first quarter. Uh, you know, if, if if I remember correctly, but it's like, who the heck is this guy? They were looking for the game program, and what 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 what? He's the fourth string guy. That can't be. It might have been one of the most fun <laughs> quarters in college football of all time. But we're looking to do have more quarters like that next year. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate Mr. Sarah so much for you coming on. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Still more to come. Sports Talk East Penn Six Hundred. All right, Sports Talk fans, we're back on right now. Kim McConnell, UTEP quarterback, and I continuing the four o'clock hour. Just had Mr. Jim Center, athletic director for UTEP on. Next, we're going to have Bernie Olivas, director of Sumble on, talk about some things that happened. Great way we had him on. Kate, ready to get this going? Yeah, yeah. First of all, I just want to thank Mr. Center for coming in. I mean, what a cool perspective in order to see it through an athletic director's eyes. It's not very often that, you know, guys like me and you get to sit down with the athletic director of a university and have some really cool insight into things like that. So thank you for Mr. Center coming on and uh, excited to have Bernie Olivas with here. It's great to be here. What it hasn't been this haven't been this happy, excited about Tumbo in a while. But you know, we've always had some pretty good football teams come to the game, and I know that everybody's excited about Notre Dame coming. But you know what? There's two teams playing. Another team, the other team are coming is not that bad either. We not often that we get two teams that ranked in the top twenty come and play in the Sumbo. We might get one every once in a while at the same time. Uh, to get a nine and three and an eight and four team Sumbo is, is, is just a great boon for us, and uh, I couldn't be happier with the whole matchup. Something I want to start with you right here is um, I don't think a player's ever played in the Sumbo and won the Heisman, but Jane Daniels won Sumbo MVP. 2019 could very well win that award tomorrow night. Oh, absolutely! And uh, again, we've had uh, we've had three Heisman Trophy uh, winners play in the Sun Bowl. We had a runner-up in uh, Gerhardt from Stanford play in the Sun Bowl. So, uh, and don't forget when Stanford played North Carolina here a few years ago, we had the number two and number three overall picks in the NFL draft playing here in the same game. That was a great matchup: Trubisky versus Solomon Thomas. Trubisky got some good plays. Solomon Thomas was sacking a few times. Absolutely. So uh, we're extremely happy to have Notre Dame. Obviously, I think all 43 Bulls would love to have Notre Dame in their ball in their ballpark and in in their ballpark and their bowl game. But to tell you the truth, as of right now, I still don't know how it happened and how they felt to us. But we're not asking any questions, and uh, we're not giving them back. Yeah, it seems very very excited to see that game. Notre Dame versus Oregon State. Oregon State been a weird situation right now. Have you ever had to deal with this with a team that really doesn't have a head coach right now onto a third string quarterback? What's that going to? We have had many times where we've had interim head coaches uh, coaching the Sun Bowl. And as far as the third-string quarterback, he's the same guy that won seven games in a row for them last year. Okay. So it's not like he's coming off the bench, never played before. He is a very good quarterback. How'd you like to have a quarterback win seven straight games, relegated to third to third string, and all of a sudden now he's starting in a bowl game. So it's uh, it's an exciting it's an exciting game, and I know that they lost. You know their quarterback. 
their quarterback, whose name I still can't pronounce correctly, you know, <laughs> is is going to be gone, and uh, we're 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 thrilled because their backup is uh, is a, is a proven quarterback. So like I said, it's good. it's going to be a really good football game, and of course Hartman is I understand is coming, but he's not going to play. It's oh, okay. it's what I hear. Heard you here first on Sports Talk. Sam Hartman will not play in the Sumble. That hasn't that is not official yet, but that's what I am hearing. Okay. But I did know I, they just their advance party just left, and he will be on the airplane. You never know what's going on. It might be a it might be a psych job for Oregon State that he's not going to play, and then he comes out, you know, throwing the ball. So I don't know what's going to happen. That, but that was that was the rumor going around. Yeah. So I heard there was a great story and how you got Notre Dame to come to the Sumble. You want to talk about that for a second? I don't know how we how they got that. You know, like I said, we were we were expecting a call from the uh, ACC at about one fifteen on Saturday on Sunday, and the Pac twelve was going to call us at one thirty, and I got a text from the ACC office saying that uh, they're running behind uh, to hold on, and I texted back saying, "Yeah, well, you better do it quickly because I got the Pac twelve calling at one thirty, and they texted back saying uh, we won't even be started by then." So 1.30 comes along. I got the call from the Pac-12. You know, we chose Oregon State, then waited for the call from uh, ACC and waited some more and waited till 2 and then waited till 2.30, 3, 3.30. And after two hours later, we got the text saying we're ready to go. Got on the Zoom call, and uh, the associate commissioner said, uh, these are the teams that are available to you, Notre Dame, Miami, North Carolina, Duke, and I stopped. I said, can you repeat that, please? And he said, Notre Dame, Miami, North Carolina, Duke. And I'm going, I looked at our committee, and we looked at each other, and, I, and we just uh, kind of looked at each other. And I said, is that right? And I said, yes. So then negotiations started. Who, you know, obviously, we're in the pool with the, uh, with the Pinstripe Bowl and the Duke's Mayo Bowl, and who doesn't want, who doesn't want Notre Dame? So there's a procedure that we used, and... Uh, we all wanted Notre Dame, and you know we won. You know, you know we were selected to take them, so uh, couldn't be happier. And like I said, I don't know how the guy asked, "How did that happen?" And he said, uh, "We can't divulge that." So I don't care. After we got them, I don't care how we got how we got them. <laughs> They're here, and we're not giving them back. Yeah, I mean, regardless of how you got them, you know, obviously having Notre Dame here at the Sun Bowl is special. But I don't think we could discount Oregon State either. I mean, that was a well-coached football team, interim head coach or not, with a lot of depth. I actually was a former teammate of the second-string quarterback who is now also in the portal, Aiden Childs. But just from knowing him and, and knowing his family and knowing that program, I mean, that's a well-coached program right there. So it doesn't matter exactly who's gone in, who's who's gone into the portal, who the head coaches at this point. You're going to have really high-level football here at the Sun Bowl, which is always awesome. And that's what I keep on saying. There's two teams playing. They're both pretty good, pretty good teams. And like I tell other people who say, well, who's in? the portal i said you know what i really don't care you know we're picking the teams with the name on the front not on the back exactly you know not on the back so uh oregon state Notre dame they're gonna get here they're gonna play football and they're all gonna play very good you know they didn't get here by being bad all right so whoever whoever takes that ball from under center is going to be a pretty good quarterback and you look around the look around the country uh i think I think quarterback over at Florida State, who I think did a, you know did a really good job coming off the bench, and unfortunately, I think that was the first domino that fell when Florida State was not picked was not picked to go to the, to the playoffs as an undefeated thirteen to zero Power Five school. 
I think that started the domino effect, and I think that's one of the reasons that Notre Dame wound up coming down, coming down to our to our level. So again, uh, we're picking teams on 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 the name of the school and not necessarily on the name on the back. For sure, and I know we have a caller on line one right now. Let's take that one. Uh, You're on sports. Hey, talk. what's up, guys? Um, I kind of have two questions for you. So first, Bernie, um, how did Mike Elko leaving Duke uh, at the end of the regular season kind of affect your? decision and process for picking the teams in the Sun Bowl and then also Lane. I'd uh, love to hear your thoughts on Manny Diaz returning to the ACC and taking the Duke head coaching job. Brunel, you go first. Well, again, uh, I don't th- I don't think it would have affected us if Duke was a team that was available to us. I think we were going to take them. Uh, like I said, they had some pretty good. We had some pretty good choices there, beginning with Miami, who who we thought would have been our first choice, and we thought would have been a very good football team. And then North Carolina and bringing Mac Brown back to back to Texas with a school that he coached back in 1994 against Texas would have been also a big draw. But I've met Coach Elko. I've seen him play. I've seen him coach, and he was he would have been a great guy to come to meet here. Everybody would have loved him. He's a tremendous individual, and I kind of was it was kind of a shock when I heard that he was leaving after only two years. He I thought he was the right coach for Duke, but uh, but he's gone. But I don't think that would have affected what who we would have chosen. If we had chosen, if Dick would have fallen to us, it would have probably been the first time that we would have had two schools with two interim coaches. But it didn't work out that way, and uh, and and we mo- and we'll move on from there. So better guy than Coach Prime, you'd say. Mike Pardon? Elko? Say that again. Be a better guy than Coach Prime over at Colorado, Deion Sanders. Is he a better guy? You know, there I have not met very many bad coaches. Uh, you know, some are a little bit more uh, intense than others. And Coach Elko was very sharp, very bright, very congenial. Easy to talk to. He will sit there and just have great conversations with you. While there's other coaches that are very cordial, but uh, they're you know they got tunnel vision and all they're thinking is winning football. While other coaches kind of spread out. And Coach Alco is one of those guys who used to come talk to us and and just have a really good time. So uh, yeah, you know they're all they're all good. May Diaz at Duke. That's gonna be exciting. Did Miami ever come here during the May Diaz tenure? No, no, it didn't. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'll be honest with you. Miami was here twice. And both times they had interim coaches. So, like I said, we're, we've been known as the interim coach. The one thing that everybody's happy that Miami didn't come here was because they said, well, at least we're not going to get any snow this year. We'll go to break. Sports talk fans, still more to come. We're back to wrap up the 4 o'clock hour. I'm your host for today, Lane Frank. Co-hosting with me are Kay McConnell, UTEP starting quarterback, and Zay Gallindo, host or maybe creator of UTEP Zay page on Instagram. Joining us right now, is Bernie Olivas from the Sun Bowl Committee, Sun Bowl Director, talking some football with us. Next thing let's talk about right here, I hear that ticket sales have been amazing for the Sun Bowl so far. Yes, as a matter of fact, we are not taking any more ticket orders at here here in El Paso. Uh, there might be one ticket here and two tickets there, but uh, yes, we are we are we are not taking any ticket orders. I'm not saying we're we're, we're sold out, but at this at this time right now. Uh, we have a lot of tickets on hold, and I don't know if those will if those will be will disappear. But uh, it's a great thing to have. I know our ticket manager, David Brown, our new ticket manager, he was going nuts on Monday and Tuesday, and uh, staying there till about midnight trying to fill orders. But I told him the good thing about this: in about three days, you're not going to have anything to do. <laughs> so, uh, so that's that's the good thing. Uh, but yes, tickets are, are very few and far between. Uh, but like I said, we're, it, it, it's the last time Notre Dame was here. Obviously, we set an all-time stadium record with over 54,000 people. 
and it only held 52, so we had about 2,000 standing room only. Since then, the stadium has been renovated and reduced down to 46,000, so uh, we're expecting at least that many. I don't know if we can sell standing room only tickets anymore, so I'm sure we'll have at least 46,000, but uh, yes, uh, tickets are uh, pretty much gone. Wow, luck of the Irish, a great problem. Absolutely. That's a great problem. You're absolutely right. Great problem to have. I know you're at that Pac-12 championship game last weekend. Let's talk about that for a second. Washington versus Oregon. Really two great offenses, two great head coaches, two amazing quarterbacks. Just a great football game oh, all it, around. It, and it was. Uh, Washington got off to a great start. As a matter of fact, at the, end of, at the end of the first quarter, Oregon had run six plays, two three and outs. And uh, Washington had built a pretty good lead. And Oregon came storming back. I think, like they say, they didn't lose. They just ran out of time because they were they were coming back strong. And I tell you, two of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen in the same football game. But uh, Washington prevailed. I didn't think that if you had two good teams, I didn't think that they could beat each other twice. And I said, you know, I think Oregon is going to come back. I thought they should have won or could have won the first game. And I thought Oregon was going to win. But Washington came out strong, uh, built up a good lead, and, uh, and just prevailed at the end. Now, I always said on my show, nine times out of ten, Oregon beats Washington. That didn't happen. I really expect Oregon just pummel them in that championship game. Didn't happen. Two great quarterbacks. Cade, you're a quarterback. Watching that game, what was that like? Yeah, no, it's really cool to watch great quarterbacks. I mean, you watch it from a little bit different of a perspective, and you try to take it in a little bit deeper and more serious, but you're also just a fan of the game. And when you watch two, you know, Goliaths go toe-to-toe like that of great offenses, it's just a lot of fun to watch. I mean, it's not not any different than everybody else watching the game and just being excited to see guys at high, high levels of talent, elite quarterbacks go at it. Yeah, two elite quarterbacks. Both are Heisman finalists. Good for the Pac-12. Pac-12, last game ever. Was that... A little bit sentimental for you right there, Pac-12 not being along the stumble anymore. Oh, absolutely. And, of course, you know, we've been associated with the Pac-12 officially since, 19, since 1995. We've had a contract with the Pac-12. So uh, met a lot of great coaches, a lot of great athletic directors, a lot of great people in the Pac-12, and uh, probably might see some of them in the future, but they'd be coming from a different conference. So uh, we'll see. But yeah, it's, it's sad to have a conference that's been around for so long, all of a sudden kind of disappear, even though they might not disappear. You know, the NCAA allows a school, allows a conference uh, two years to regroup, to regroup and, uh, and, and form a conference and get, and get eight teams. So uh, we'll see what they do. And I think they're doing it right. They're not jumping into it right away. Uh, but uh, like I said, we'll see what happens in a couple of years. Uh, we're still contracted with a Pac-12 as of right now, so uh, we'll see what happens. Pac-12, Pac-2, whatever you want to call them. Right. Bernie, I have a question for you. Yes, you know, sir. Um, what does a player, right, from an inside perspective, you know, if, if a player's coming to the Sun Bowl, right, what do they have to look forward to? What are some of the things that the Sun Bowl offers players that are coming and some of the cool things they get to do? You know, I think some of our events are some of the most unique and in, in, most unique and in, in, in the Bulls system. You know, go to LA, you're going to go to Disneyland. Anybody can go to Disneyland. You go to other places, you're going to go to the beach. And I tell people, oh, we have a lot of beach here. We just don't have any water here in El Paso. <laughs> but we, I think our events are are very unique. Of course, hardly anybody has a place like Cattleman's, a steakhouse, and you know we drive them out there, and uh, it's it's great. Uh, they get off the bus. 
And as soon as they get off the bus, there's a half there's a half a side of beef on a spit. And as they're walking off the bus, they got guys cutting meat right off the bone and hand to them as an appetizer. Then they'll have a big uh, beef rib before they even walk into the venue. And of course, if anybody's ever been to, been to Cattlemen's, you know they'll eat one of those cowboy steaks along with all the fixings. They say we've never seen steak like this or a place like this. So that's a, that's what they'll do the very first night. Our marquee event is really unique. Because we call it an afternoon and day with the troops, uh, they take them, we take them to Fort Bliss, which obviously is one of the the largest uh, army base in the country. And uh, one team is headed over to the firing range where they get to fire, you know, military weapons, the ones that the real soldiers use. Of course, they use rubber bullets, so nobody can get hurt. And while one team is there, the other team is at a building where they have all the simulators where they train where they train the soldiers. And they get in these simulators, and they're driving tanks, and they're flying Blackhawks, and they're doing Humvees through Afghanistan on on a screen like they're really there. It's a very unique experience. And then they switch. Then they switch sides. And they'll go, and the other team will will go to the shooting range while the other team is in the simulators. They also bring out their, you know, they also bring out their static equipment. They'll bring out the tanks. They'll bring out their helicopters. They bring everything, and the players can actually get in there, get in, in the cockpit. They do all kinds of things, and it's a very unique experience. But they're doing it with, they're also doing it with soldiers who are pretty much the same age, eighteen to twenty-three year olds, eighteen to twenty-three year olds. And I know that football teams always say they're going to battle on the football field. Well, the guys that are dealing with are going for the battle for real to protect our country. And it's a real eye-opening experience for the players as well as for the soldiers who admire these football players while the football players are admiring the soldiers. Then we all come together and have a big dinner. We invite about 200 soldiers to sit among the players during a, a holiday meal, and it's just, a, it's just a ton of fun. And then we ended up by bringing in a, a hypnotist to have fun with the players, and uh, team players from both sides will get up on the stage, and uh, they get hypnotized, and it is a, so much fun for the players. And I think that's our marquee event. Uh, we do have one community event where the community actually gets to mingle with the players, and that's a Top Golf experience where companies buy bays at Top Golf, and they put three of their company people in there, and that's also get three players from the team to come and play and hit balls with them, and that's a really neat thing for our local community to actually meet and talk to the players. So uh, uh, those are some of the events that we do. Uh, we used to have a barbecue dinner as well, but uh, so uh, those are some of the things that we do. Yeah, I think that's really cool, but it also is really cool um, just because I think it connects the players and people outside of El Paso with El Paso. And being from California, knowing nothing about this place before I came here about a year and a half ago, um, all the things you just said are just some of the things that El Paso has to offer and the culture and the community and the Sun Bowl itself that is here. Um, it's pretty cool and it's pretty special. I think it is. And, you know, a lot of people don't want, don't know El Paso and they, they're concerned about coming here but when they leave they say we'll come back anytime perfect thank you so much for hopping on with this bernie next sport talks fans scotty walden new utep head coach coming on welcome back to the five o'clock hour everybody here on sports talk steve Kaplitz, adrian bros your regular host as a studio today so lane frank may hear me on here every week doing my nfl picks against a guest co-hosting it with utep starting quarterback k mcconnell utep zay in the background and we've got a great interview coming up right here maybe the best you could get in town, new UTEP head coach, Scotty Wong, coming on here. Scotty, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. You set, you set me up there, man. I, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I can live up to those standards, brother, but I'm fired up to be here. My family and I, were excited to be in El Paso, Texas, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. First of all, I want to congratulate you getting this job. 
El Paso. What are your thoughts on it so far? Oh man, it's uh, it's an unbelievable city, man. My wife and I flew in, and uh, you know, just I said this the other day. You know, within five minutes of us getting off the plane, you know, there's like four different people that came up to me at the airport and just said, "Welcome to El Paso," and like. You know, for, you know, us not having any family out here, obviously we're coming back to Texas, um, but it was such a welcoming vibe and, um, you know, absolutely fired up to, uh, you know, taste test. If any, any restaurants want to let me taste test their Mexican food, okay, let me, let, let, me, let me come do that because let me tell you something, brother, we've been deprived of it living outside the state of Texas for 10 years, so excited to get back to work. For fans wanting to hop on the action, you can call in 915-505-6009. Caden, it's exciting so far. Yeah, it's so exciting. This is probably one of the most fun shows I've done here. You know, I've been here probably close to 10 times now, done a show with you, Lane, that I had so much fun on and I didn't think could be topped. And then all of a sudden, we got brand new coach right here and athletic director, <laughs> Sun Bowl director. I mean, what a show so far. I'm just as excited as probably everybody listening to this because, Coach, obviously we've had limited time to talk yeah. uh, with the busy couple of days that you've had here. Uh, but I just want to say on you know myself and on behalf of the team, we are so excited. We are yeah. so excited. The energy that you've come in and brought just right out the gate uh, – could be could be very comparable to the energy that you felt getting off that plane and welcoming and loving uh, right right out the get go and that's so important you know for those guys that have stayed here in this locker room yeah. um, um, it means a whole lot and the city of El Paso is a really special place and the fact that you're taking a liking to that much the same yeah. as I did as a California kid that knew nothing about this place <laughs> a year and a half ago um, it's pretty special to see it's pretty awesome yeah no doubt about it you, you can tell the people are special and and the, the team that we have is in the team meeting the other day just um, a special group of guys man I, I can tell like you know they're 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 wired the right way and i'm excited to go to work with them you know you you never really know until you get you know you really get to work but at the same time i could just tell that um there was a hunger in that room i think that's probably a good way to describe it um you know getting to meet the players just a sense of uh you know they want to be coached you know i've always said this uh, and, and 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 coaches players will never admit this but players want discipline and players want to be coached. And, and I can tell you right now, um, I could feel that hunger from our team. And so I'm, I'm really excited to get to work with you and the rest of the team. And, um, you know, I, like I said, man, I wish we were practicing tomorrow. Uh, you know, I, I love Christmas. I, love, I know everybody needs a break and a recharge, but uh, we're, we're ready to roll. I can't wait to get, to get on that field, get on the grass, and uh, start installing, start, you know, have some quarterback meetings uh, and start getting this thing, uh, getting, getting this thing going and uh, installing our systems. That's enthusiasm this city loves. Have a basketball coach, Joe Golden. They love it. They got a question coming yeah. down on Twitter right here from El Paso, UTEP, Texas. Leo Miners fan. Yeah. It's for you, Scotty. Did his high school have any input about taking a UTEP job? If so, could he share his thoughts? Also, is he still a Whataburger guy? <laughs> I am definitely. Uh, you talking about me being a Whataburger guy? That's what he asked. One thousand percent. I was actually um, on uh, the phone with a recruit before I hopped a flight out here, and uh, it was the day before. And the recruit told me this. He informed me of this. That's how much research the guy was doing, which I, I, I was fired up. I was like, he's really interested. Um, he was like, Coach, I mean, I looked it up. There's 23 Whataburgers in El Paso. And I was like, there's what? There's how many? 23? So, hey, look, I'm, I'm all in, baby. He had, me, he had me at 23 right there. So this is, this is, this is my kind of city, 100%. So I'm, go, go ahead, Lane. Go ahead. Okay, so you're a young coach, a lot of great success so far. What attracted you to take the UTEP job? Well, first off, being a being a Texas high school football player, um, you know, now look, I'm a ball junkie, man. I was I was kind of I'll be honest, man. I was high school and college, I'm kind of a nerd, man. Like I'm a ball junkie. Like I, I know I don't know a lot of things in life, but I know mascots pretty well. I could tell you the mascots at this school, that school. I study like so in the state of Texas, all right. 
I was just, you know, every every year, every week, always keeping up with the universities in the state of Texas and, you know, always looked at UTEP and always felt like it was like untapped almost in a sense. And always see pictures of the iconic Sun Bowl, um, even even the iconic stadium over at El Paso High School. You know, you see these high school games. Just love, lo- just love this environment uh, and, and the culture that's here in El Paso. And my time out at Sol Ross um, – out at Alpine, you know, that was a very similar, and I know it's, you know, Division three to FBS, I get that, but, um, you know, my time out there, smaller town, similar vibe, um, and always told we can't win, we can't do this, and we had the number one offense in all levels of, of uh, you know, of the NCAA, and, and we're able to take that place to a winner in just a year, and, um, you know, just getting to see this fan base, how passionate they are, um, you see pictures of the Sun Bowl where there's 30,000, 40,000 people in the stands, like, we, I, like, I, I am just, you know, salivating to get those days back already. You know what I mean? Like my staff and I are going to go right to work to, to ensure that happens at some point. Um, and we're going to fight to make it happen sooner rather than later. Um, but th- I just think this place, it's hungry for a winner. And I want to be a part of a place that cares about football, that cares about kids, cares about its community, and wants to see a winner. When you put those uh, ingredients together, I think you've got a formula for success. No, you're, you're exactly right, Coach. You know, in the time that I've gotten to be here uh, and heard the community's outreach, you know, the wins here equate to a whole lot of energy. And we were just talking yeah. about that uh, with Athletic Director Jim Center, that when we were in that volleyball stadium the other night, and I know oh. you got to get out there and get those guys riled up. Man. I mean, just 3,000 people right there. But in that small environment, I mean, the energy is unmatched. It's Brother, unmatched. You no, know, you ain't lying. Like, my family and I were blown away. We were like, we're going to a volleyball game right now? Like, this is, this is unbelievable. And, and shout out to Coach Wallace, who's killing it, man. I mean, they are having a great season, and, and uh, you know, they got a big game coming up on Sunday, I know. But when I walked in that gym uh, and seeing that place packed like that with, you know, 3,600 people or so, that was really special. That was really good. There wasn't an empty seat, man. I mean, you were there. You saw, I mean, there, was, there wasn't an empty seat in that place, and uh, that, was, that was really cool. Now, look, you know, I, I've seen Glory Road like three times, so like to be in that gym, that fired me up, man. Like, like I, I lo- like that was such an iconic moment for me um, to get to witness that. That was that was really cool. So, uh, you know, it was, it was a special night for sure. So we got a beautiful stadium. You just talked about the oh. Sumble, amazing right there. No great doubt. scenery, great stadium, great everything, great atmosphere. How can we fill that stadium? What is your message to fans to fill that stadium? Because if they're doing it in Las Cruces, Mexico State, the great success they're having, yeah. how can we get people in the seats at UTEP? Man, we sure can. And, and number one, and I don't know how things roll around here. I'm a little upset with this. Po- these, there's a couple posters over here, and I don't know if – are we allowed to put these up in, the, in our studio in El Paso? I just don't – now, look, I'm a newcomer, so don't, don't tell me. But I, I see this New Mexico State poster to my right right here, and you said them. That's what triggered me over here. I don't know if that's, that's legal. Like, I don't know if we should do that. But that's – hey, I don't run this place. I just I, – I'm just here. I'm a new guy. I just want to say I could not be happier okay, that you brought it that to up me. right now. Right, yeah, that was my conversation yeah. with them last time I was here. I'm really liking yeah. the right wall. The right wall, wall. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm down with this wall. We all day long. I think we need to have two spaces for the UTEP miners. But uh, going back to your question, Lane, not to get distracted there, but the the reality is this, man. Look, we need your support to make this thing happen. And now it's my job, and it's our players' job, it's our coaching staff's job to give this place. Uh, you know, something it can be proud of, right? And that starts with little victories. Like one thing you're going to hear with me a lot is we're going to celebrate every victory. Like whether that's us going and serving 40 hours 
in the community, you know, within a two-week span or something, uh, to, to, to be, um, you know, a light on campus, you know, cheering at the volleyball game. Little victories are going to accumulate to big victories, and that's, there's no different within our work ethic, too. But, you know, fans are going to see a fearless, fast, physical brand of football. That is our brand. That is something that we're going to talk about a lot. Uh, you know, how do we create a brand of football that is fearless, fast, physical, a team that it doesn't back down from anybody, that is going to lock arms, that is going to play faster than any team in the country and play more physical, more violent than any football team in Conference USA and in the nation. It is going to be the most exciting brand of football uh, that this city has seen in a long time. Um, and we're going to fight to get it right from the get go. But I can tell you this, you know, we, we, I'm one of those guys. Like, I, I don't, you know, really, I don't gamble, play poker, all that jazz. I don't do that. But if I did, I'd be one of those guys that puts all my cards in the middle of the table and puts. I'm an all in guy, so we don't toe dip. So we're going all in. It's going to be an exciting brand of football with offense, throwing it down the field, and defense that is going to be blitzing and attack style. Minor fans, we know you want big victories. Let's get those big victories. Fill that stadium. Fill that somewhere right there. That's, That's what right. Coach Wallen's telling you. Amen. That's right. Yeah, Coach, one thing I want to touch on, too, is, you know, recruiting just a little bit, right? You know, obviously, it's no secret that we had a group of guys graduate that were key players on our team, and then we had some key players that are in the transfer portal right now and either currently deciding, you know, maybe to try and come back or or to go to another school, and you've said that you've respected that in the past, but, you know, with with in in terms of recruiting right now, you know, one of the cool things about this show and me being on here and you being on here is giving the people that are listening a little behind-the-scenes access. Can you just touch on what's going on with recruiting right now? Because I know it's crazy. It's It's a lot to do in a short amount amount of time coming yeah. in here and with this undertaking you know can you just touch on that for the people listening? for sure it's a great question um you know n- we got boots on the ground right now you know we're making offers uh, our staff is relentlessly working uh we have a group of, of young men uh coming in this weekend already uh so we are wasting no time <laughs> we have an official visit this weekend in el paso you know i just got to find a good tour guide because i'm not really sure where you know which which way to take them but i'm sure that uh, you and some of the players can lead me the right direction but we'll be all right but uh you know, I mean, I know where the bookstore is or anything like that, but we, I know where the Sun Bowl is at, so that's, that's the main part. But, um, you know, so that we're hitting the ground running to answer your question on that. Next week we have a big week filled up, but, you know, th- that's, that's what it's about right now is um, not only retaining um, our current team and our current players, but recruiting young men that want to be a part of where we're going. And, and, and the biggest part is I think the, 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 the balance that has to take place, yes, talented young men, but there's a term that we're going to use to identify uh, you know, who, who is a UTEP minor, and that's an OKG, our kind of guy. We are looking for our kind of guy. And so y- you, you want to be, you know, make haste with this, right? You want to be fast with this and get players in here, but you can't just, you know, pick random people to come a part of this thing because it means something. It's got to mean something to be a UTEP minor. It's got to mean something, you know, to, to, to wear that orange and that blue, man, and to fight and to, to get this program where it needs to be, where you want it to be, where these fans want it to be. And, and so, therefore, we have to identify the right type of person who wants to be a part of where we're going. And so that is a big part of the process, but we are wasting no time in identifying those young men, and we are getting them in here so we can build our systems, um, you know, around, uh, you know, th- that, that play style. And then, you know, I can't wait to get to work with our current team to identify where guys can help us within our new, uh, you know, schemes and play style because it'll be a little different than uh, what's been done in the past. And uh, I think the players are going to be really excited about that.
Absolutely. And I think there's a beauty in that too, right? Some of the guys that have left, obviously they didn't want to be a UTEP minor as bad as some of the other guys. And I take a lot of pride in being here in this city and what that's this right. city's already given back to me in the year and a half that I've been here. Yeah. And I think that that's, it's a little bit of a sifting process. Yeah. Um, and so I think that the guys that are right now in the locker room that have you know gotten to hear you speak and that are going to be around our coaching staff really soon, yeah. it's going to be a real strong core of guys that have a lot of culture, an OKG yeah. type of guy. That's right. And that's exactly the type of people that we want in that locker room. You're exactly right, man. I, you know, I, I've always said this, no matter where you take a head coaching job at, like just in general, if I was the head coach at Maine University, you got to own your region and you got to recruit players that want to be at that university. And it's no different here. We have to recruit players, you know, not only in El Paso, but stretching out, you know, to players that want to be here and, and identifying those young men. And I, and I could feel that as you mentioned that, you know, I could feel that sense of uh, hunger, as I alluded to earlier in that team meeting room, these guys want to be here and they stayed the course to be here and that means something man you know and uh you know i you know i didn't have to take this job right you know i was offered this job and you have two choices to take it or not take it right and i'd made the decision and my family and i made the decision to pick up in clarksville tennessee and move out here to el paso not for a random reason but for the sheer fact that we believe this place, we believe in Jim Center, the athletic director, Dr. Wilson, and we believe uh, in, in where we're going in this program. And I'm really excited uh, to fulfill that, uh, you know, that, 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 that wish of building this place into a winner. So uh, we're excited to put the right young men in that locker room and the right coaching staff and go to work. Man, it's been great so far. Let's take a quick break. Scotty Walden on right now. Of course I use Mr. Clean Magic Eraser to clean tough messes off my stovetop and bathtub. But then I discovered I can also use it to easily clean my patio furniture and even my shoes. I'm hooked. And when wipes won't cut it, I use Magic Eraser Sheets. They're thin and flexible erasers, perfect for everyday messes, like gunk on my counters and sinks. They really are magical. The reviews are in. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and Sheets make cleaning look easy. River Oaks Properties was founded by local businessman Jerry Rubin. Their locations include the rapidly growing, highly trafficked Zaragoza Road and East Lake Boulevard in Far East El Paso. In addition, River Oaks has recently completed Westtown Marketplace, El Paso's newest outdoor shopping destination. River Oaks helps create local jobs through retailers. Want to start a business or you need the best location? River Oaks Properties has the best location in El Paso. For more information, visit ropelpaso.com. Applebee's has the NFL Sunday ticket. Catch all your favorite NFL team Sunday games live at Applebee's all season long. Combine your favorite team with your favorite food and choose from handcrafted burgers, steaks, ribs, seafood, pastas, sandwiches, and more. Score with signature and classic cocktails, beer, wine, and of course the most delicious desserts. And register in any El Paso Applebee's for a chance to win a trip to one of seven Dallas Cowboys home games. Applebee's, cheering good in the neighborhood. Are you ready to smell better naked. I'm Dr. Shannon Klingman, the OBGYN creator of Lumi, the whole body deodorant that's clinically proven to control odor for 72 hours on pits, feet, privates, and beyond. It's pH optimized to safely and effectively control odor anywhere you have it, but wish you didn't. Plus, it's proven to work better than a shower with soap alone. Whether you shower twice a day or three times a week, Lumi works better. And who doesn't want zero body odor? With over 200,000 five-star reviews, I'm so sure you're going to love it, or you can return it for free. 
There's a special offer for listeners. Use code 800 and get an extra $5 off a Lumi starter pack that comes with a solid stick, cream tube, free product of your choice, and ships free with code 800. L-U-M-E deodorant dot com. Code 800 for an extra $5 off a Lumi starter pack. Love it or return it for free. That's L-U-M-E deodorant dot com. Code 800. When you use bounce dryer sheets and your clothes look amazing, it's the sheet. Less static in your life? Yeah, it's the sheet. Smelling fresher than ever? It's the sheet. Oh, so soft fabric? Ooh la la. It's the sheet. Less wrinkles on your clothes? You know it's the sheet. Bounce dryer sheets. More freshness, more softness. Less static, less wrinkles. It's the sheet. 600 ESPN El Paso. Out in the West Texas town of El Paso, I fell in love with a Mexican girl. We're back here on Sport Talk, everybody. I'm Lane Frank, not your regular host. Steve Kaplitz and Adrian Bross, your regular host, as duo today. Co-hosting with me today, UTEP Zay and Kay McConnell, UTEP quarterback. On with us right now, new UTEP head coach, Scotty Walden, already bringing the great energy. We love it, coach. Ain't <laughs> hey, no doubt. Hey, let me tell you, I love this song that we just went yeah, into. Yeah. yeah. A little El Paso right there, fire me up now. That's right. It's big time. Big right there. You're big about El Paso. Heard you talking the other day about El Paso High School. You want to keep the top talent from El Paso, go to UTEP. Some yeah. great guys from El Paso High School doing great right now. Jeremiah Cooper over at Iowa State right now. I think he had about six interceptions this year. <laughs> LJ Martin, freshman, starting running back for BYU. Got to keep the talent here. What's your plan for that? You got to, man. Well, you got to get out. You got to get out in front of these coaches. Next week, as, as soon as, uh, you know, we get done with this OV, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate I get to fly out to THSCA on Monday to, to speak to the board, which, you know, you know, Mr. Center was telling me that it hasn't happened here, so I'm excited to fly out and do that. As soon as, uh, you know, we, we, we get done with that, man, uh, we are boots on the ground. We're starting right here in El Paso. And, yeah, I just don't believe the whole – it's kind of like, you know, I talked about growing up in Texas and um, people were like, hey, you know, El Paso is not really a part of Texas. And, you know, it's bull crap. You know, I mean, this is the University of Texas at El Paso. And I said that in my press conference. I feel the same way about El Paso high school football. I under, you know, people talk about all the time, well, there's not talent out there. Well, you got to dig. You got to find it. And there is talent here. It's proven. You just named, you just rattled off several names. And there's several targets that we're on right now um, that I think are special players that we need to keep on. If there's a G5 Power 5 player in El Paso, I don't want them walking out of here. You know, I'm going to be very upset with my staff, and I'm going to be upset if we let them walk out of here. And at least we didn't put our best foot forward to keep them in the city of El Paso because you know why? They're going to take pride in this place. It goes back to everything we just talked about. We want young men in that locker room that take pride uh, in being a minor. And, and we have to create that pride by recruiting the home base first. Aaron Jones, a guy I'm close with, Green Bay Packers running back right now. You know, he grew up in El Paso, went to high school here, goes to UTEP, has a great career, nice in the NFL. That's what builds a team, a program like UTEP, that having a great Snow NFL. Down. Player like that, keeping that talent. My high school, Coronado, we got a great coach, Coach Pry. Yeah. He's going to be great. Hope you meet him. Yeah, he's going to be great. Build up a great program there. But El Paso, high school football, definitely under the radar. Hopefully we can build that up. Yes, absolutely, 100%. You talk about Aaron Jones. Um, and, I, you know, I even go back. You know, I didn't get a chance, thank goodness, to – when I was at Southern Miss, I just missed him his senior year. And I remember that when I took the job at Southern Miss, the whole defensive staff talked about every time the ball was handed to 2-9 – uh, they held their breath. Uh, they they were they were literally scared of that man. So I know he he was a bad man, and as everybody sees the NFL, the one guy I did get to see up front though was Will Hernandez. Okay, that might be the best offensive. I ain't just saying this now. That might be the best offensive lineman I've seen firsthand. I was in the box that year coaching receivers, 
and seeing him pull and I I wasn't even paying attention. You know, I'm trying to write down plays. I'm not watching our defense. Man, I see this guy pulling and, and just annihilating our team. I'm like, who is this guy? And it's it's no, it's no surprise that he's in the NFL now. So we are on the hunt for uh, more talent like those two young men. Coach, I have a question for you. Can you just touch on for a second, you know, your coaching journey and how you came yeah. about your offensive philosophy? Because obviously, like you said, it's explosive. Yeah. It's exciting. Uh, and it's a lot of the reason why you're here right now because yeah. it's awesome. Uh, can you touch on, you know, maybe how that came about? Yeah, 100%. So growing up in the state, always watched Texas Tech and Mike Leach in the air raid, you know, uh, you know, shout out to the pirate, you know, just uh, a legend, uh, you know, revolutionized the game. Uh, but I always knew this, man. In my opinion, uh, you have to you have to run the football to win championships. So I was really enamored watching West Virginia at the same time uh, when Rich Rodriguez was the coach there, Pat White, Steve Slayton, you know, some guys maybe you, you know you may know a little about, but man, they're running the triple option, the zone read. So we thought to ourselves, uh, and I became an OC when I was 22. I got thrown in the fire of Saul Ross. And I knew I wanted to play with tempo, um, but I also wanted to run the football. And so, you know, we, we thought I got a cool story on this. Was is a funny story. Uh, we started, you know, tempo and running inside zone, zone read, doing these things. And then we said, hey, you know what? What if we, uh, you know, didn't tell the old line? And we just started tagging routes off and stuff. So we started tagging posts on inside zone and all this stuff. Well, then I, I go to the office and staff, it starts hitting. I mean, we start going crazy, putting up crazy numbers. And then I go to the staff. I'm like, yeah, boys, like, hey, we're on to something here. We're going to call this dual plays. And they look at me like, yeah, dual plays. That's sick. And then like a year later, brother, like the term RPO came out. And I'm like, that's way better. Like, dang, they, they crushed me on that, man. So like I thought I was – I was like, man, we're revolutionizing the game here. And like we're, we're actually behind. But anyway, so that's where it came about is the ability to throw the football and run the football. Because my thing is this. The reason why I believe in this offense is I've seen it win championships without a tight end, with a tight end, with two tight ends, in the rain – in the snow, in a mud bowl. We won a conference championship in 2015 in literally a mud bowl. You couldn't even grip the football. It was the worst conditions I've ever seen in a football game. It is won at every level, and it is won also uh, in every uh, situation and environment. I never want to be predicated, hey, man, the conditions have to be right for this thing to work. Uh, and, and it utilizes yours. Like, and it's fun for – it's so fun for guys playing because – there's a role for the running back. I mean, we just got done having a 3,000-yard passer and a 1,300-yard rusher. You know, uh, Anybody can get the ball at any time and go off, and that's the cool part about it. We're not zeroed in in just a passing unit or a running unit. Uh, we can beat you both ways, and that's what's fun. Yeah, I think the other exciting thing, too, about it is that everything's unlocked. You know, I've gone on and watched some, some film from the past couple that's years. That's what I'm talking about. I like it already. Yes, and, sir. And, you know, the one thing that I've learned from high school, it was spread. It was RPOs, and it was, you know, yeah. you know run your, you know, is there five guys in the box? Run it. Six, read them. Seven, throw it. It was simple, right? Simple game. Went to junior college, and we were huddle, slower tempoed, a little more, you know, smash mouth football, and then try to push the ball downfield. And then here, very dynamic offense last season and the year before with just a lot of different kind of plays. But the one thing I've learned is you got to have every tool chest unlocked you got to yeah. be able to run everything and you know from what i've seen going back and looking you have that tool chest unlocked yeah. and we are going to have that tool we chest are. unlocked which is really exciting we're going to be really diverse and 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 hard for people to guard you know we're not just going to line up in two by two and you know and and throw it out there you know there's going to be a lot of formation variation uh that that's what makes the offense really hard to defend is it's not just tempo two by two running inside zone there's a lot of formation variation using formation in the boundary um using unbalanced, a lot of things that cause uh, defenses to communicate and try to get lined up fast and cause stress. And that's, and that's what we're trying to do. But ultimately, it goes back to you know, putting our best on their worst, getting our best players involved. I don't believe, you know, as a, as a coach, it's my job to put the best players on the field and give us the best chance to win. And so 
if we have a young man that maybe he's our second string running back and we got, you know, a slot receiver position that needs filling, well, guess what? We, we're hurting this football team if we keep a, a, a really good running back on the sideline when he could probably be in the slot and help us, help us get your best players on the field. And this system is so simple that it allows you to do that and play free. We want our guys to play free and instinctive. Uh, we don't want them thinking. We don't want these guys overthinking stuff. They're going to love the tempo, the pace, and, and how that we're taking the thinking off of them and letting them play fast. Because when you let kids play fast, they're going to make plays. Something I heard from around some people, you like to run air raid offense. Air raid offense originated at UTEP, how Mummy created, and then passed it down to Mike Leach. That's right. That's how you want to continue here at UTEP, where it originated? You know, so I'll, I'll say this. It'll be a version of it, for sure. So I get labeled as an air raid guy a lot. Um, there was an article came back a long time ago. Someone compared me to Cliff Kingsbury, and ever since then, people people think that I'm just a pure air raid guy. I like to run the ball a little more um, than that. Um, but when we throw it, uh, that's the difference. You know, in the air raid, you're running, you know, a lot of intermediate pass concepts, you know, stick concepts, you know, run a little Y sail, Y cross, you know, stuff like that. And we do versions of that, but we throw to score. And that's kind of the difference that we have. I would say, honestly, our pass game has evolved to a little more run and shoot where we give a ton of options to the receivers and they're, they're predicated on one high, two high, soft, you know, uh, you know, press all these different leverages and making adjustments on the fly. Uh, you, you now from a here's the thing now, Lane, I, from air from an air raid con- conceptually, we do some concepts, but really from a practice structure is where, because I'm a big believer, repetition, you got to throw year round to be great throwing the football. So as soon as we get back, we have a throwing program that we're going to be throwing from January all the way up to the season, and those reps add up. And when you get countless reps at what you do, it's about being great at, at those things and not just being a master of none. You know, you can be a jack of all trades and a master of none, right? You know, you, you got to spe- you have to have an identity on offense and defense, and that's what we will do. And we won't compromise that when it doesn't have success. When it, when it doesn't have success, you have to adjust and maybe look at your pieces where they're at and, and make a few adaptions, but you don't wholesale change. So we will have an identity, and our kids will know exactly what the identity is, and that is going to be to play an aggressive style of ball. And uh, there, you will see some concepts similar to the air raid, but we're going to be putting that, in, uh, that ball in the air downtown. Coach, we appreciate this so much. want to leave one last message from our fans right here. I do. Hey, I, I want to thank, number one, our fans uh, for accepting my family uh, here to UTEP. It, it means the world that we're accepted here in El Paso. And all I'm asking is, hey, you guys give us a chance because we're going to fight to be in the community. We're going to fight to, um, you know, to, to be uh, you know, great stewards of the UTEP minor logo and create leaders within our program that do things with integrity to where when you are walking on our campus and you see a young man walking, you can say, you know what, that's a UTEP minor football player by the way he holds his chin high. And he's a champion in life and not just on the field. And then no doubt in my mind that, that winning is going to be a byproduct of those things off the field. So you're going to want to see this. Get on this train now. Uh, you're going to want to be in the Sun Bowl this coming fall uh, to see uh, you know our players in action uh, defending our brand and defending El Paso. That's great to hear. We appreciate it, Coach. Still yep. more to come on Sports Talk. Got Sports Center coming up. Thank you, Lane. I'm Zay Galindo back in the 600 ESPN El Paso studios bringing you this Sports Center update. A couple of UTEP basketball games on deck tomorrow. Starting off at 2 p.m. in the Don Haskins Center, the UTEP women's team will look to rebound from their tough loss on the road at UTSA when they host Portland. That one once again tipping off at 2 p.m. in the Don Haskins Center. Portland comes to El Paso with an even 5-5 five and five record. Meanwhile, UTEP is 4-5, and five, looking to get right back to 500 in Keith Adams' first year at the helm. Later on at 7, 
UTEP will travel to the Pacific Northwest to take on Pac-12 power Oregon. Oregon is 5-2 on the year. Meanwhile, UTEP is 6-3. They just snapped a three-game losing streak against Western New Mexico last game. So that one will tip off at 7 p.m. on Pac-12 Network. Or you can hear it here on 600 ESPN El Paso with the voice of the Miners, John Teicher. Now to some NBA scores. The Charlotte Hornets up to an 11-point lead in the first quarter over the Toronto Raptors. That one with 101 left in the first quarter. It's Charlotte 29 Toronto 18. Meanwhile, the Magic, they're up six on the Detroit Pistons. It's 26 to 20, nearing the end of the first. The Magic, once again, what a surprise season from them it's been. They're 14 and 7, 9 and 2 at home. Meanwhile, Detroit having a rough year. They're 2 and 19. Now to Philadelphia, where the 76ers are hosting the Atlanta Hawks. That one with 248 left in the first quarter. It's Philadelphia 27. Atlanta, 16. That's all I have for you back in the 600 ESPN El Paso studios. Let's send it right back to uh, um, let's send it right back to the station to Lane. All right, Sport Talk fans, we're back right here. That was a great interview Coach Scotty Walden. Still great stuff to come up on this show right here. Zay, kick to you for a second. How was that interview? Yeah, it was a great interview. Coach brings amazing energy to the borderland. Um, it's something that the fans have uh, been missing, been wanting, and um, I can, you know, everyone's excited. Everyone's excited around the town. Yeah, it seems very exciting. Everything's going great so far. Cade, I know you had a great time right there. Now you're excited for the future of Sutup football program, advancing your career here. Yeah, you know, it's super exciting, and I just want to tell everybody that's listening right now, the energy that everybody's feeling right now when Coach Walton takes a stand, whether it's on the news, whether it's on the radio, Having some technical difficulties, it's all right. Um, but anyways, you know, um, just a great interview with Coach Scotty Walden. You know, Cade, um, how how was that interview for you? How, have you been able to to talk to Coach one on one yet? Yabi <laughs> nowze. That's good. Uh, awesome. Have you, um, have you been able to talk to Coach one-on-one yet, or is that something you guys are still working on? Yeah, you know, I've actually had a couple times I got to meet Coach at the volleyball game, and then he addressed the team on Thursday morning, um, and I got to talk to him briefly there. That was actually the longest that I've gotten to talk to him in the couple times that I've seen him, just from him being so busy, you know, um, boots on ground right away, having to do press conferences and talk to everybody and talk to the public. Um, but I just want to tell everybody out there listening, you know, the energy that they're feeling from Coach, whether they're seeing him in a, the press conference or on the news or on the radio, the players are feeling it too, um, and it's impactful. And it's really important because, you know, the guys that have been left in this locker room, you know, from from last year, there's a lot of uncertainty that happens when a coaching staff change happens. And, it, and it's it's scary. There's a lot. You don't know who's going to be there next year. You don't know who your teammates are going to be or who your coaches are, are going to be that you spend, you know, eight plus hours a day with. Um, and for to have Coach Walden come in and be as motivating as he is and as captivating as he is and, and energetic and loving all at the same time, it's really important and it's really special. And I just want to tell everybody out there that the, the team is really feeling that and it's going to propel into wins next year. It's going to propel into a great offseason and hopefully a lot of excitement to come. He brings that energy. He looks like the guy that can vault the Utah program to even more. You see it in Carver to say, 
New Mexico State, just a few miles away, what a great season they had. Liberty in New Year's Six Bowl against Oregon. If they can win that, that is massive for the conference. So Coach Walden has done a great job with that so far. Yeah, one of the things he told us right out the gate on Thursday was, you know, the teams that are in Conference USA, the Battle of I-10, playing teams like Liberty, it's exactly what he wants to do. He wants to play those great teams. He wants those matchups. You know, Austin P, where he was at last year, had some pretty big matchups last year. They played Tennessee, uh, battled them pretty close, definitely a lot closer than people would have given them credit for from an FCS program to one of the top Power 5 programs in the nation. Um, there's just a lot that Coach Walden brings that's positive that's exciting and that and that means a lot right you know when, when there's excitement in a football program and that translates to excitement in an offense or out on the field I mean who doesn't want that right football's an entertaining sport and a more entertaining style of it is nothing but good stuff yeah you know I think this also goes with coach Golding past two major hires for UTEP coach Walden and coach Golding kind of similar personalities bring that energy bring that community to El Paso they've been great so far yeah high energy guys you know um just when joe got hired right he won over the fan base so quick with you know his high energy his love for el paso and that's exactly what coach scotty walden is doing and you know this fan base for the first time in a while they're they're excited they're ready to rally behind this team and um you know it's an exciting feeling you know there's 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 just energy around this program right now one thing i will say some will may not be packed every game for the past years but if you can build a big program, if you can win games, El Paso will show up for you. I know you've seen that so far, Cade. Absolutely. I remember my first game ever being here at UTEP. It was against North Texas last year, and we had actually pretty much sold out the entire Sun Bowl. And then we had a lightning delay, and it caused some of the fans to go home. Um, but you got a little bit of a taste of that, you know, in warm-ups right before we went out there, and the Sun Bowl was already packed, and the game hadn't even started yet. And that was one of my first impressions of season time in UTEP. And I meant what I said earlier. You know, I, I'm proud to be living in El Paso. I'm proud to be part of this football team and be integrated into this community that's shown me nothing but love um and and when the sun bowl gets packed out and there's those mountains creeping up over the bleachers and the crowd gets loud it, it's a special place to be and so you know i ask all all utep fans out there when when it crosses your mind am i going to go to a game or not go go be out there be to be out there to support because not only is it going to be exciting next year um but it's just an exciting atmosphere in general i always think that be the fan that makes that difference you may think oh one fan that's not going to do anything being that one fan, bringing that extra energy, that helps you out right there. we got a lot of great stuff coming up. Let's head to a quick break. I'm ABC 7 Stephanie Valle with your top stories on this Friday, December 8th on 600 ESPN El Paso. There was a statewide hoax aimed at Texas schools, students and staff, and El Paso was included. The FBI's El Paso office issued a statement today saying, quote, the FBI is aware of the numerous hoax incidents wherein a bomb threat at a school is made. The FBI takes hoax threats very seriously because it puts innocent people at risk. While we have no information to indicate a specific and credible threat, we we will continue to work with our local, state, and federal law enforcement partners to gather, share, and act upon threat information as it comes to our attention. We urge the public to remain vigilant and report any and all suspicious activity and or individuals to law enforcement immediately. A fugitive was arrested while El Paso County Constable deputies conducted a traffic stop. Dario Armendariz Hernandez had an outstanding pre-trial bond revocation warrant for the charge of assault family violence. Armendariz was taken into custody and booked into the El Paso County Jail. 
Registered voters in District 2 are heading to the polls Saturday for the city of El Paso's special election. The council seat is now vacant after Alexandra Anello resigned to run for state office. Four candidates are vying for the seat. Veronica Carabajal, a local attorney. Judy Gutierrez, a retired city of El Paso staffer. Josh Acevedo, an El Paso Independent School District board trustee. And Ben Mendoza, a mediator. ABC7 asked the candidates six different questions throughout our newscast today leading into the election Saturday. We're bringing you their responses beginning on ABC7 at 4. The Stormtrack weather team warned you winds have been picking up on the east and northeast sides of town. The ABC7 Stormtrack weather team issued the first alert to prepare you for that and a big drop in temperatures. Be sure to download the KVIA weather and traffic app to track any changes. Get the KVIA news app for updates. Also find updated news and weather on air and online at KVIA.com. I'm ABC7 Stephanie Valle for 600 ESPN El Paso. Once again, join Speaking Rock every week for El Paso's biggest Dallas Cowboys tailgate party on the Outdoor Plaza. Experience the game on their massive outdoor screens where every seat is a great seat. Prizes, drink specials, food specials, and more. It's Speaking Rock's Dallas Cowboys tailgate party. Ages 21 and over, see Speaking Rock's Facebook for more info on El Paso's biggest Dallas Cowboys tailgate party. 93.1 KISS FM and the Outlet Shops at El Paso present the Great Purse Giveaway. Sign up to win a brand new, brand name purse plus everything inside, including two tickets to enjoy an eight-day, seven-night Caribbean cruise. Great Purse prizes include a journey to Journey as you cruise to Las Cruces to see Journey. Also, free movies for a year, a $500 gift card to Johnson Jewelers, two free Peter Piper pizzas per month for a year, plus a brand new, brand name purse, the Great Purse Giveaway. Learn more at KISSELPASO.com. Do you like getting extra stuff? Of course you do, especially during Peter Piper Pizza's Extra Stuff deal. Devour a large, one-topping, extra-stuffed pizza on a made-from-scratch crust stuffed with 100% mozzarella for just $15.49. Extra cheesy, extra delicious. The Extra Stuffed Pizza deal. Bring the family for a night of family fun. Or order online at peterpiperpizza.com. The Extra Stuffed Pizza deal. For a limited time, only at Peter Piper Pizza. Pizza made fresh. Families made happy. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 8 800-676-5919 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-676-5919. That's 800-676-5919. What do you have to lose? Call 800-676-5919. Again, 800-676-5919. 
This is Steve Kaplowitz, and 600 ESPN El Paso has a great way for you to enjoy sports talk on demand. Download our show by subscribing to the free 600 ESPN El Paso podcasts on your Apple or Google Play device. After that, you can enjoy the best of sports talk each day, delivered commercial-free to your phone or tablet. That's right, all the best calls, interviews, and insight with the touch of a button, so you never miss a moment. 600 ESPN El Paso podcasts. Hey, this is Travis Kelsey, NFL tight end and proud member of the Lowe's home team. Lowe's knows when you've got the best price, you've already won. That's why we offer the lowest price guarantee. If you find a better price online or in-store, we'll match it. Now you can score on the top brands from the Lowe's home team picks, like Scott's, LG, and DeWalt. So take on your projects with confidence. Lowe's is the exclusive home improvement retail partner of the NFL. Price match applies to same item current price at qualifying retailers. Exclusions and terms apply. Learn how we'll match price at Lowe's.com slash lowest price guarantee. For all things sports, download the 600 ESPN El Paso app. Sponsored by First American Bank. New to El Paso, but not to the area. Local first since 1903. Like the legend of the Phoenix. Talk fans, we're back. Just finished up an amazing interview with UTEP head coach, new head coach, Scotty Walden. I'm your host for today, Lane Frank. You may hear all me. You may hear me on here weekly. Do my NFL picks against Steve, whoever it might be. My co-host this week, UTEP quarterback, Kate McConnell, and Zay Gallindo in the back. It's been a great show, guys. Yeah, it's been really, really fun. I know we just touched on it before the break, but for those people that just came around started listening, uh, we had Athletic Director Jim Center on, Sun Bowl Director Bernie Olivas, and newly hired UTEP coach Scotty Walden. Um, you know, obviously as a quarterback here at UTEP, I could not be more ecstatic, and it was really cool to be able to talk to those guys on air. Yeah, it's been an action-packed show. If you want to join in on the action, call in 915-556-009. Close out the 5 o'clock hour. Get ready for the best Six o'clock hour you've heard here on Sports Talk, everybody. Yeah, I'd love to hear some people call in. I'd love to hear some people tweet in, too, uh, on X at 600 ESPN El Paso. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts, maybe what you thought about uh, Coach Scotty Walden or any of the other two guests that we had on here. Uh, It'd be nice to hear what you guys think. Yeah, Coach Walden, just talk about him for a minute. That was great stuff right there. Brings that energy. We had a great – we had some great football games the past few weeks. College, NFL, notably last night's NFL game, Patriots versus Steelers. Exciting game for sure. For me and fantasy, messed me up a little bit. I was going up against Ezekiel Elliott. He had 20 points. But yeah, great game. Patriots need a win. They got it. Patriots did need a win, and they did get it. A lot of people thought this wasn't going to be too exciting of a game and turned out to be a whole lot more exciting than we thought. Um, Zeke Elliott, like you said, had a wonderful game, 27 points. That's actually more points than Tony Pollard has scored all year, Austin Eckler, Javante Williams, Aaron Jones, James Cook, Derrick Henry, and tied with DeAndre Swift. All those guys have not had a 27-point game yet in a PPR format this year. Wow, you came prepared with that stat right there. Well, you know, we had to pull out something, right? You got to pull out something for fantasy football. Yeah. Fantasy, watch that. Billy Zappi, great game last night. He had a great fantasy game, too. But Billy Zappi, taking over at Patriots, starting quarterback. A guy, Utah fans could have seen here a few years ago, played when he was on Houston Baptist, had 350 yards, ended up losing by two points. I don't think a lot of people know that. Billy Zappi, when he was on Houston Baptist, torched Utah's defense. 
Yeah, Bailey Zappi looked really good last night. I was impressed with uh, not only his play, but his enthusiasm and calm at the same time. You know, that's one of the things that I admire about quarterbacks is when they can be enthusiastic and even keeled at the same time. I thought Bailey Zappi showed that last night. Um, it's going to be interesting what that means for Mac Jones. You know, obviously, first round draft pick to the Patriots. You know, what does that mean for him? You know, now that Bailey Zappi started to do better, does Mac Jones go by the wayside? Do they give him another shot? Is Mac Jones still a guy? Is he still a first-round draft pick type of guy, or, or has he fallen below that? I think it's tough for Mac Jones because you see what you can do with Alabama, Heisman finalist. You see what you can do in the NFL, runner-up for rookie of the year, gets them to a playoff game because they had a good defense and they had good wide receivers. And Alabama has a legendary wide receiver core, wins you a championship. Not saying that if you give Mac Jones, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, whoever might be in the NFL, he's going to win you a Super Bowl. But it's definitely going to help out your chances. Mac Jones is not a guy I would give up on so easily. You can call him one-dimensional, whatever it might be. Bailey Zappi, though, looks like he can be the future for this Patriots team for the rest of the season. Maybe they get another generational guy this offseason. Caleb Williams, Drake May, exciting. Yeah, I think it could go both ways as far as the Bailey Zappi, Mac Jones talk. I think that, you know, there's a whole lot that can change when you have a different scheme or a different, uh, you know, scheme or or positionality and way of thought as a quarterback um you know a lot of people have been questioning bill belichick this year um and what he's done with the team i don't necessarily see bill going anywhere um but you know what i do think is that i'm not counting mac jones out either you know you see you saw it at alabama and yes he had elite receivers um but i think that there's things that the patriots organization can do uh to surround their quarterback with better play i just going to be interesting to see who takes the reins right mac jones or bailey zappy for sure, and we've seen a trend so many times in the NFL this year with the backup quarterbacks. Jacksonville Jaguars may have to go to a backup this week. Bengals on Jake Browning right now. Browns on a backup quarterback. So many teams on a backup quarterback right now. you got to say, availability is your best ability when it comes to football. 100%. You know, one thing that's really interesting about the backup quarterback talk is that there's been so many more rules and they've become so much more strict on roughing the passer calls in order to prevent something like this. They don't want the backup quarterbacks playing because it's not good for ratings or, or for anything else. No, everyone wants to see the stars play. Yet this year, I feel like there's been more backups playing in the NFL than ever before. I agree on that right there. I think maybe it's just quarterbacks not getting hit enough to stay in that. I heard someone tell me this the other day. If a running back can get hit every single play, as hard as they, as hard as anyone's going to hit them, the line when a quarterback takes one sack, they're out for the game. Yeah, I can attest to that, right? Um, but it, it happens a lot with the way you get hit, right? You know, as a quarterback, your arms could be up in the air as you're throwing, so your rib cage is exposed. Wearing a rib protector or not, you know, it's it still hurts. Um, and it's just the type of the way you're not able to protect yourself the the same way that you are as a running back. Not to mention those guys that are NFL running backs have been learning how to take hits and to not take hits their entire career. They're you know they're more shifty, they're more bulky, and they know how to bounce off tackles and protect themselves so that you know a little bump or a little bruise for them may be some, a big shot that could really hurt to a quarterback you know some people like to say nfl running backs career prime only lasts five years now it's really like 15 years you get four years of high school football four years of college football now you're about five six years in the nfl that's long football career it's not just nfl they're going off of these guys can be in their prime in college they can be in their prime in the nfl maybe even high school for some guys alvin Kamara. some people like to say he has fallen off in these past few years but you think about it he's been dominating football for the past 10 15 years of his life yeah it's a skill in itself lane i mean to be able to stay healthy and to be able to stay productive for uh you know longevity and a long amount of time especially throughout the nfl when guys have already played you know three to four plus years in college and high school before that i mean football is a violent sport and there's injuries that happen all over the place so in order to stay healthy it's a full-time job off the field you know to take care of your body get it in the right way and then sometimes the luck got to be on your side you know sometimes you know a misplanted foot we've seen ACLs tear you know like 
crazy in these past couple of years. You know, guys can't control that, but it is definitely a skill to keep your body healthy. Yeah, for sure. As an athlete myself, playing tennis, you know, it's definitely not contact like football, but keep your body, availability, your best ability. Zay, let me get your thoughts on this, the whole NFL backup quarterback situation. Yeah, you know, like you just said, availability is uh, the best uh, ability. And, you know, obviously, you know, you're taking some nasty hits, Cade. You've taken some hits. Everybody, you know, who plays football is taking some hits. So, you know, it, it's, it's a game of, of luck at, for, for some people, right? You can have all the talent in the world, this, that, and you're just unlucky in that one category, and that's just being available. And we've seen that plenty of times with other players, not just quarterbacks, you know, with, with players that, that, that have so much potential, but they just can't seem to get off, you know, that, that injury list. And it's unfortunate, but that's that's the world we live in. Yeah, for sure. Living the world we're in right now, backup quarterbacks, and it's even a good chance for some of these backup quarterbacks. Josh Dobbs, a guy I hadn't heard his name since 2016 when he threw a Hail Mary at Tennessee. You get him in the spotlight in the NFL now. Jake Browning was elite at Washington, doesn't get a chance in the NFL. You think with his stats in college football, he'd be a top 10 pick. Well, he wasn't, and I was playing like he could have been a top 10 pick where we saw that game on Monday Night Football. Exactly. And depth is part of the game. You know, uh, this year for UTIP, you know, I wasn't exactly at the top of the depth chart and you never want injuries to happen. But as those injuries happen, you got to have depth on your team. And that allowed me to step in in the latter half of this season and, you know, get maybe the opportunity that I didn't think I was going to get this year and have, you know, some of the most fun moments of my entire life this year. You know, it's no different in the NFL. Yes, it's an industry, and yes, you know, they're paid to be backup quarterbacks. But sometimes, you know, the way the chips fall, you get to see some guys really shine when maybe they wouldn't have before with a big name in front of them. For sure, yeah, big names in front of them. Joe Burrow, Fred Jake Browning, Kirk Cousins, one of the most highest-paid athletes in the world above Josh Dobbs right now. Great stuff in the NFL. We're going to be picking the games coming up next hour. Get ready for that, Sport Talk fans. Picking the NFL games either every week against a guest. This week, the guest will be Cade McConnell picking NFL games against him. Let's close out. It's 5 o'clock hour. Thank you. It's been pretty cool. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a great show so far. I think we're one of the first people to really get hard-hitting questions from Coach Walden, from Jim Center, in a long time. So that's great. Exactly. I mean, that's pretty cool. And, and thank you to everyone, too, who's been uh, rolling with us. This is the first time that at least me and you have been on uh, by ourselves together without Adrian and without Steve. So it's been pretty fun. It's been a learning curve, uh, but it's really exciting, too. All right. We promised it to you guys. We're going to give you the NFL picks and games for this week. It's a great slate. Yeah, it is a great slate. Before we hop into that lane, we have Pinky here that tweeted out, said, Hey, Kate, how does it feel to be the old man of the bunch today? Great guest, great show. Well, Pinky, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different, but uh, uh, Lane over here is, is mature beyond his years and well-spoken, so sometimes I feel like I'm looking up to him at the same time. So it's, it's been a great show. Um, I'm really grateful for it, and, and I'm happy to soak in the last hour with everyone. Pinky, we appreciate that tweet. Anyone else want to tweet or call in? Tweet at 600 East Panel Paso or call in now in 5 505-6009. Awesome. Let's get into the NFL games, yeah? Let's get into them. First game I'll go over right here. Let's go with the biggest one first. Eagles versus the Cowboys. I know everyone listening is going to want the Cowboys. I'm an avid Cowboys hater. I'm a Giants fan, but I also hate the Eagles. It's going to be a really good game. At home, I'm going to go with Dallas. This defense has been terrific the past few weeks. Say one about Deron Bland. Maybe he's baiting the ball. Maybe he's just going for picks. This is a great receiving core for Philadelphia. We're going to figure out a lot about these two teams. Can these receivers do well against a really good cornerback core? And can this cornerback core do really well against these really good receivers? I'm going with Mike McCarthy. The Cowboys get a win over the Eagles. 
I'm going to go with the Cowboys as well. You know, the Cowboys have not had a whole lot of weaknesses lately, especially with that offense. Um, it was actually pretty cool. On the defensive side of things, I got to go to an event, 915 Tours. Uh, shout out to them where I got to meet some of the Cowboys players uh, this past weekend during their bye week after they had played just a couple days ago. So it was cool to meet Deron Bland and some of those guys. It, it was it was pretty awesome. Um, he has, a, you know, a lot of comparison to Trayvon Diggs and some of the things that he's done, giving up a lot of yards, but also getting a lot of picks. I'm going to go with the Cowboys in this one. Uh, we're going to mix in some fantasy talk as we go through some of these matchups too. I think AJ Brown gets back to his old self. He's had a couple of down games since being on his, you know, over a hundred yard streak for however many games it was. Um, I think that he's going to be able to get to to where he was with Dallas Goddard playing. Um, there's going to be a little bit less cloud coverage, I think, with two tight end sets or with Dallas Goddard being out there and a little bit of attention on him. So I'm looking for AJ Brown to have a big game. I'm going Cowboys. I'll say this right here. Two weeks ago, I was fighting for a big playoff spot, going up against A.J. Brown, Monday Night Football, only up by five points. You know, it's over. A.J. Brown is going to get his 100 yards. Game over. A.J. Brown only gets one catch, won that game. That was just biggest fancy comeback. Fancy gods helped me out a little bit right there. Yeah, I needed the exact opposite of that. And then I was the one that also, we'll get into it a little bit later, but uh, I was also one of those guys that benched D.K. Metcalf last week. Oh. Cost me a spot in the playoffs. Hey, at least he didn't drop D.K. Metcalf like me. <laughs> oh, that's rough. Next game we'll top into right here, Lions versus the Bears. Lions, great season they've had so far. Bears, promising future. Kate, I'll swing it to you. Yeah, yeah, Lions, Bears here. Uh, Detroit is minus three, favorited, and the over-under is 42.5. I'm going to go with the Lions here. Uh, they've been playing good football. Um, I, wa- I do want to say, though, the Bears have been playing a lot better defense lately. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do, and I think that Justin Fields kind of asserts himself back into more of a relevant fantasy quarterback. Obviously, he's been injured for the past couple of weeks, and you know now that he's got a couple of weeks back, uh, I think he's going to be a little bit more explosive this week, and you're going to be happy with him in your fantasy lineup, but as far as game goes, I got the Lions. So now I picked this game on my show, Squirrel Sports. Kind of went to detail on how Lions have been. This is a really good game about three weeks ago. Went, not to overtime, but Bears had the lead most of that game. Lions struck back at the end. I think the Bears have a really good future. If they get that number one pick, I think should trade down number two. Maybe draft Marvin Harrison. Get some insane draft capital for that number one overall draft pick. Marvin Harrison, Justin Fields could be a deadly Ohio State duo, but I'm going to go with the Lions right here. Next up, we got the Buccaneers at the Falcons. The line is Atlanta minus two and a half, and the over-under is 40 and a half. Lane, what do you have on this one? I'm going to go with the Buccaneers in this one. I don't love the way the Falcons, Desmond Ritter, have been playing. Offense was horrible against the Jets last week, but they still got the win because it is the Jets they're playing against. Baker Mayfield, I'm always a big fan of his. Let's go with the Buccaneers. I'm also going to stick with you on the Bucks. I think I'm going to kind of ride the Mike Evans train. He's gotten uh, a lot of press uh, lately for the, the streak that he's been on and just continuing to maintain his all-star uh, receiver status, Pro Bowl receiver status. Um, again, there's good defense on both sides. So as far as fantasy-wise, I'm definitely tempering my expectations with everybody. Uh, I know I have Bijan on my team. I'm going to kind of temper my expectations. I'm not expecting him to have a huge week, but you still got to play your guys. The guys that have been in your lineup for these games, I think you can play them. Um, I am expecting Drake London and two have a big game as well. Zay, I know you posted once that Mike Evans actually went to UTEP for a semester. Did I actually? I think you did something like that. There was a rumor about Mike Evans going to UTEP. Oh, yeah, there, I remember this now. I remember. I don't remember the exact thing, but he, he does have like a weird connection to UTEP. He right. does. Mike Evans, weird connection to UTEP. Swing back to the NFL right here. Colts versus the Bengals. I'm going to go with the Bengals in this one. I think the Colts... Shane Steichen has been a great rookie head coach with them, taking over from Anthony Richardson, being down. Gardner Minshew has done a great job in that backup role. Jake Bryan, though, that guy played great last Sunday with his weapons, with his defense. I'm going to go Cincinnati. 
I'm going to stick with you in Cincinnati right here, and I want to highlight Jake Browning for a second. I mean, he played so good in that game against Jacksonville. You know, really top-level play as the quarterback, and I think when you have games like that, uh, you're going to win yourself football games. I think that Joe Mixon's going to be great in this game, uh, but when you have somebody that was as highly complete as Jake Browning was, uh, he was 87% complete for 354 yards. I mean, that's going to win you football games right there. I mean, that is outstanding. And so if he can have any type of a game that he's having uh, – that he, that he had last game, I think there's going to be good things for the Bengals. That's a Tom Brady type of game. That's not me saying he's going to be Tom Brady. That's a Tom Brady type of game. Absolutely. Next game we got here, we have the Jaguars at the Browns. Right now, Cleveland is the favorite by three. Over-under is 33-and-a-half. Lane, what do you have here? I've always been saying on my show and on this show that the Browns are the Tennessee Titans last season. Tennessee Titans last season, 7-3. and three. Then their quarterback, Ryan Taylor, goes down. They don't win a game for the rest of the year. Same thing with the Browns I see. They were 7-3. Deshaun goes down. They've lost two straight games. I don't love it right here. I'm going to go with the Jaguars. Even though Trevor Lawrence is banged up, Jaguars over the Browns. I'm going to go against you here. I'm, I'm actually going to pick the Browns in this one. Um, it's supposed to be a really tough weather day um, out there in Cleveland, so I think that's going to really factor in. Um, I also think that if Trevor plays, he's still going to be hurting and banged up. I don't think he's going to be 100%. Uh, but with more of the grounds, you know, the, with the Browns being more on the ground and, and Trevor liking to air it out and his question mark of even being in there, uh, I think I'm going to take the great defense in the bad weather. Hope, I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game, and I think the Browns are going to pull this one out. Okay, next one in our good AFC South battle, Panthers versus the Saints. This one up in New Orleans. Saints, six-point favorites. So we do, Cade. Yeah, I'm actually going to take uh, the Saints right here. You know, I, I think that the Saints have, are just the better team. The Panthers have been struggling. Um, the Saints have not played well as of recent. It's been a disaster on the offensive side of the ball. There's uh, plenty of things to complain about there. Unfortunately, the Panthers have just been worse, so I'm going to go with the Saints right here. Yeah, it's just one of the just a bad football game, I would say. Saints haven't been doing great. Alvin Kamara struggling. Or Derek Carr also struggling. This is a team with the schedule. You think that they could have just taken over. They're playing teams like the Jaguars, the Texans, the Colts. They've lost all three of those games. I'm agree with you, though. Saints over the Panthers. Yeah, quick fantasy question. How are you feeling about Nico Collins, and how are you feeling um, about Chris Olave on the other side? Nico Collins, ever since his Michigan days, I thought he could be a superstar in football, I'm going to still go with Nico Collins over Chris Olave. He's got great chemistry with CJ Stroud. I just can't trust Derek Carr to get the ball to Chris Olave. Understood. Next game here, we have the Texans at the Jets. Houston is favorited by 3.5, and, and the over-under is 33.5. I'm taking the Texans. I think the Jets' offense is just too poor right now. Zach Wilson's coming back to QB. I, can't, I, don't, think, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's been bad in the past. Um, I think that you can still play Garrett Wilson. I just don't think it's going to be great. Um, I'm going to take the Texans just being the better team here. Um, that's what I'm going to take. I'm actually going to go with the upset pick right here. I think a great Jets defense because this is a great Jets defense. will rattle, see us straddle a little bit. Zach Wilson, hope he can get some points. Garrett Wilson, automatic start in fantasy. Hearing it first, I'm going to start Garrett Wilson in fantasy. You should too. Brees Hall, I'm going to keep him on my bench for this week. But Zach Wilson gets his squad to win. Let's go with the Jets. Next game, Rams versus the Ravens. Rams back to 500. This is a team won the Super Bowl two years ago. Bit of a fall from grace, but 6-6, six and six, Ravens 9-3. Love this Ravens team. 
Swing it over to you, Cade. Yeah, I'm going to take the Ravens in this one. Uh, it's also supposed to be not great weather out there in Baltimore, let alone Baltimore is a tough stadium to come in and play in. I mean, a tough crowd there. Um, so I'm going to take the Ravens in this one. The Their rushing attack has been great, so I'm not too worried about the weather. Um, obviously, Lamar you know, sometimes has great passing games and other times doesn't, especially for fantasy. Sometimes he has huge games, and for the last couple weeks and for a lot of this season, he's been disappointing at times. Um, I am going to take Baltimore there. Like I said, tough place to play. I think the Rams come in and struggle. For sure. Keaton Mitchell has been diamond in the rough for the Ravens so far. Their running game is always struggling. That's how Lamar Jackson. Kind of similar problem. Russell Wilson always had in Seattle. Lamar, Keaton Mitchell could be that running back for years to come for them. I'm going to go with the Ravens over the Rams. Next up, we got the Vikings at Raiders. Right now, Minnesota is the favorite by three, and the over-under is 40-and-a-half. Lane, what do you have here? Vikings-Raiders, really good game, in my opinion. I'm going to go with the Raiders. Antonio Pierce. Good answer, Matt Coach. He wants that head coaching job. He wants to prove Mark Davis. This is my team. Aiden O'Connor wants to say, I belong in the NFL. And for Josh Dobbs, you're going to prove something too. So many backup quarterback matchups. Going to go back and forth. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, said today that Justin Jefferson will be playing this week. So you're going to play him in fantasy. If you have him on your team, call in or tweet the show with your answer to that. I'm going to go with the Raiders. I like that pick, and I'm actually going to stick with you on this one. I think that Josh Jobs has turned over the ball a lot in the past couple weeks, and until he can show me that you know he's going to clean it up, I think I'm going to have to go with the Raiders. I hope he has a great game. I'm a Josh Jobs fan. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the way he plays the game, his passion that he brings, and the person that he's shown to be. Um, I just think that right now it's a little bit too shaky for me, and I think the Raiders pulled this one out. As far as fantasy implications go, I'm not too excited about the Vikings' backfield. Uh, it's been kind of messy all year. If you can't avoid that and not have to make any decisions back there. I think that's definitely the way to go. For sure. Next game, Seahawks versus the 49ers. This is a good NFC West battle. Seahawks, I said on my show, Squirt Sports, they're going to fall off. Eventually. May not be this week. May not be next week. I said a few weeks ago, they will fall off. They will not make the playoffs. Geno Smith is not reliable. Availability is your best ability. And also, Geno Smith should have won that game last week, in my opinion. Great quarterbacks pull out that game. Good quarterbacks make a tight shootout that they lost. That's what I'm going to say about Geno Smith right there. But let's go with the 49ers of the Seahawks. This was a game we saw two weeks ago on the road. 49ers dismantled them. I'm going to go with the 49ers again dismantling the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm going to go with the 49ers as well. Um, I think this one might be closer uh, than what people are making it out to be. I think that the Seahawks will struggle at times, but I think that there's a little bit of an it factor with DK Metcalf and what he was able to do against uh, a tough defense in Dallas last week. So I'm definitely going to take the 49ers. Um, You know, I think the Seahawks showed some bright spots, but the 49ers are playing such good football right now, not to mention they have a lot of starters that have stayed healthy throughout the year, and they have all their weapons right now. So I'm going to go with the 49ers too. So for a fantasy outlook on this game, some guys looking to start. I think you would start 49ers defense as an all-mac lock. May bench some of the Seahawks' weapons. Zach Charbonnet, I don't know if he's going to go in this one. Kenneth Walker, they got interesting backfield right there. Pete Carroll, always a great coach, but can he get these guys up? Can he get these guys involved for fantasy purposes and also for winning purposes? We're just going to have to see. DK Metcalf, I don't think he's going to be very productive, especially if Geno Smith is out in this one. See him get locked up by his 49ers cornerbacks before. I expect it again in this one. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I actually think DK has a decent game. I think he pops one of those explosive plays or or a missed tackle or something like he did against Dallas on that slant route um, that he took for a deep touchdown. I think that's the kind of X-factor player that DK allows himself to just have a big play at any time. And then on the other side of the ball, you know, you're playing all your guys on the 49ers. Brock Purdy, a play. Obvi- uh, obviously, Christian McCaffrey. You're playing your Brandon Ayukes. You're playing your Debo Samuels and your George Kittles. I call San Francisco 49ers the Michigan football of the NFL. They got the good 
good quarterback who they don't unleash that much. They don't like to let him throw the ball 50 times a game. They got the great rushing attack, the innovative running plays, the amazing defense, the good special teams. 49ers are by a complete package. Best team in the NFL right now. You know what? I'd have to agree with that, Lane. I think that they've just played such good all-around football. Um, I think they're the best team in the NFC. I think they're the best team in football right now, and they're going to have to make some mistakes before they're going to change my mind about that. Yeah. Everyone wants to write them off. Three bad weeks, three losses. They're on a roll right now. Next game up, we have Bills at Chiefs. They're going to Arrowhead. KC is favorited by a point right now, and the over-under is 48.5. Lane, what are your thoughts on this one? I'm going to have to go with the friend of my show, Andy Reid. Came on my show, screwed sports a few months ago. Let's go with Andy Reid, Kansas City Chiefs. These teams have history, but the Bills, without offense coordinator Ken Dorsey, this team, everything going on with Sean McDermott this week. I don't love the way this team's headed this season. Maybe you could see a coaching switch at the end of the year because you can't waste Josh Allen. He's a guy who is not going to last 20 years in the NFL because he likes to take those big hits. I know you can say as a quarterback that he probably won't last another 10 to 15 years playing football, but I'm going to go the Chiefs in this one over the Bills. Yeah, I'm actually going to take the Bills here. I know it's a tough environment to go down to Arrowhead. Uh, those fans out there make the game difficult, make it difficult to communicate with how loud it gets, uh, but I am going to take the Bills. I, both of these teams, when I've watched them this year and they start really throwing the ball around, um, have been a little bit underwhelming. You know, Josh Allen, obviously, we've had the turnover issues um, on the Chiefs' side of the ball. You know, Patrick Mahomes has been decent, but sometimes his receivers have come up short for him, and I think that oftentimes when these two match up together, it turns into a shootout. Um, maybe that doesn't happen this year because of the way the Chiefs have been playing football with great defense and a good rushing attack. Uh, but I still think it goes to a shootout, and I don't think either one of them have been great. So I'm going to take the Bills in this one. Another quick tip right here. Clyde Edwards-Lair will be running back one in this game for the Chiefs. Fantasy outlook. Absolutely. That's 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 a that's a big play right there, you know, with Pacheco probably being out. Um I think he's going to be a good play this week. I also think we need to watch out for Jarek McKinnon, though. You know, Jarek McKinnon coming back and being healthy is going to be really important. We saw what he did last year at the end of, for the fantasy playoffs, and he was not as much of a rusher for Patrick Mahomes, but he was an outlet and an option in the receiving game and just racked up touchdowns. There is a chance that he goes out and becomes the fantasy playoff MVP this year once again, especially with the receivers not being as reliable as they have been in the past for Mahomes. For sure. Let's pick one more game before we head to break. Broncos versus the Chargers. Broncos had five straight wins, lost last week. Chargers trying to get back to 6-7 and seven this week at 5-7. and seven. I'm going to go with L.A. in this one. I just love Justin Herbert, the way he's played. This defense shut out the New England Patriots last week. And the Patriots team that played well in offense the other night, so maybe that's just the Chargers playing good defense. Only six points, though. I think this is going to be a low-scoring one. Give me the Chargers. I'm also going to take the Chargers here, but I have a little bit more pessimistic of an outlook than you. I am a Chargers fan and have been, and, and watching them over the course of this year has been, has been really rough. A lot of close game wins uh, that could have been wins and turned into losses. Um, this is an absolute must win for me for the Chargers. It's a division game. Um, I think that I think that Herbert has played well, but he hasn't played well enough. There's been times where he's missed Keenan Allen open. Quinton Johnson has dropped passes that he needs to make. Staley has made questionable calls. I think they're going to need to clean up a lot of the sloppiness this game and pull out a win against the Broncos or else we're in for a real rough rest of the season. Okay, Sports Talk listeners, we'll be back next. Pick the two Monday Night Football games. All right, Sports Talk listeners, we're back here to finish up our 7 o'clock hour, everybody. It's been a great show so far. Zay Gallindo in the back. Kay McConnell, UTEP quarterback here with me. I'm your host for today, Lane Frank. Steve Kaplitz, Adrian Bros, regular host, not here today. But if you want to join in on the action, call in 915 915- Five five six zero zero nine. Let's finish up this two NFL games this week. Great Monday night game. Packers versus the Giants. I'm a Giants fan. Doesn't mean I'm picking the Giants. I want a high draft pick. I'm all for Tommy DeVito bringing on the Italian Stallion. 
But let's go with Green Bay. Jordan Love, great for fantasy past few weeks. Put some balls through some tight holes. Find guys like Jaden Reed. Christian Watson might be out in this one. Aaron Jones might be out again, but let's go with the Packers. I'm also going to go with the Packers here. You know, there's not a whole lot exciting me about the Giants right now. Um, I think Jordan Love has been playing better football, especially for fantasy in the last couple of weeks. Um, I know I've had to pick him up in a couple of leagues, and he's paid off for me uh, in times where I thought that I may have gotten a horrible week out of a quarterback. At least I had him there to, to put something up for me. Um, you know, the Giants feel kind of dismantled right now, and I think that Jordan Love has a good day against them. I think he does well for fantasy once again. Uh, Aaron Jones, last I checked, was listed as questionable. If he does not play, I think uh, A.J. Dillon is a really good play this week. Yeah, A.J. Dillon, really reliable back. You can see those yards. Kind of looks like a fullback. Plays like one, but a solid run back for sure. Serviceable. Matt LaFleur, Mr. December. Never lost the game as a head coach in December. Really? Never lost the game. Impressive, impressive. And about A.J. Dillon, too, you know, at the beginning of the season when, when Aaron Jones was out, we thought we would have seen a little bit more from him, and we didn't. Now we're seeing it. Um, and so I think that he's going to be great again this week. Yep, and we got a weird week. Two Monday Night Football games. Next one is Titans- Versus the Dolphins. Will Levis, this guy's a gunslinger, everybody. He lives for games like this. You tell him, oh, go down to Miami Monday night. He's ready for that show. But they're not going to win this one. Let's go with the Dolphins. Yeah, Will Levis could be as ready as he wants for this one and try to have hustle and run forward and catch his own you know, potential fumbles and interceptions. But I don't think it's going to help him against uh, Mike McDaniel and this Dolphins offense. Tyreek Hill has been explosive. Tua has been getting him the ball. Um, I can't wait to see what the Dolphins do in this one. I feel like you know this is kind of where in the time of year, these last couple of games, where teams either really show you that they're going to they're going to be a good team and make a great playoff push, or they're not as they're not as fit for the end of the season as we thought. Um, I think this is one of those games where the Dolphins just continue to prove to us that all the hype and the energy about them is real. Yeah, Will Levis has got like the motor of a linebacker, but he plays like a quarterback. He kind of has got the build of a linebacker kind of too. Like, He's kind yeah. of jacked. Yeah. Gun show, let, done no sleeves, lets it go. Exactly. Lane, quick question. How do you feel about the two Monday night games at the same time? I think it's okay, but the one thing I am upset about that the NFL is doing now is they're flexing Monday night football games. What if you're a fan, you're excited to go see that Giants versus Patriots game on Monday Night Football, you book your ticket, Monday you get in Monday, you leave your hotel on Tuesday, now the game's on Sunday. What does that do? What does that send NFL fans? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think it's, I, I, you know, I just, those primetime games feel like primetime games to me because they're the only ones on and they're the only ones to watch. Um, I think sometimes it can be good because it's cool you got two games on at once on a Monday, but I also feel like I kind of like it a little better when it's just one of them. Yeah, I agree right there. Yeah, but great week in the NFL. Bailey Zappi, open it up for last, open up up for us last night great receivers to talk about in fantasy talked about dk chris olave nico collins great backup quarterbacks in connell we talked about um jake browning talked about his 87 percent completion percentage jerick mckinn at running back know you're high on him so yeah great week in the nfl absolutely let's just get into uh last couple maybe plays of the week um that we have here um just a reminder also cardinals and commanders are on by this week so don't forget to go out check your lineups make sure you don't have any terry mclaurin Jahan dotson uh, or any cardinals in there uh make sure you know you don't want to absolutely lose a week where you're on the brink of playoffs or starting your playoffs this week and you lose it because you don't go in and start your lineup that's uh that's the kiss of death right there here we go utep quarterback helping you out in the field and with your fancy lineups. We love it. We love it. Kim McConnell um, with the play of the day. couple position plays of the week, maybe. Uh, just guys that I think are going to have a good week uh, in the tight end spot. I'm actually going to go with Isaiah Likely this week. Um, like I said, there's going to be bad weather again in Baltimore. Uh, I think that 
to supplement the run game that the Ravens have been so good at, even um, you know before their new offensive coordinator. Uh, their their running their running game has been great. I think they're going to supplement that with the tight end play. Obviously, Mark Andrews is not in, but Isaiah likely a good backup. I think they're going to hit him with some short routes, uh, and he has the athletic ability to go get loose. So I think he has a good week. As far as a wide receiver start of the week, I think the Philadelphia wide receivers are actually going to have a good week. I think, like I said earlier, AJ Brown gets back to normal, um, and I also think that on the other side of the ball, Brandon Cooks is pretty explosive. Getting into some of the running backs, uh, I think uh, Joe Mixon is going to have a good week. Um, they really established that last week where they said they wanted to establish a run game, and they definitely did. Huge week for Joe Mixon. Man, fantasy with me, I was up about 30 points. Joe Mixon gets 25 I'm squeaking the edge of my seat. Thought I was going to lose that one right there. Yeah, you were definitely sweating that sweating one out. Sweating it. I know in one of my leagues from back home, we had uh, two guys that were going against each other in a matchup. One of them had Jamar Chase. The other had Joe Mixon, and it was like watching a dog fight. It was just turn this, turn that, points here, points there. I mean, it was it was back and forth the entire time. That's what we live for in fantasy football. Again, Sport Talk fans, you want to call in 915-555-6009. Switch topic to college football. Right here, most importantly, the transfer portal. I know you talked about a guy you're friends with, Aiden Childs in the transfer portal. He's not the only one. 1,127 players and counting in the transfer portal. 44% increase from day one entering transfer portal last year. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy how many guys go into the transfer portal. And... You know, there's a, here's the tough thing about the transfer portals. Everybody has their own unique story. You know, sometimes I feel like you see guys going to the transfer portal and you're like, that is the right move and the right decision. I totally understand it. And then there's a couple guys that go in and you're all, why? It doesn't make any type of sense. And then you know that there's the NIL and the money aspect that comes into it that just ch- throws everything, you know, for a wrinkle. And, and it's and there's a lot of change with that going on. So it's, it's definitely weird. I remember, um, you know, a couple, I think about a week ago, I had checked the transfer portal and there was like 31 or 32 quarterbacks in it 18 of them were starters that year you know so it's it's not just guys that are not wanting to not getting playing time and not wanting to be part of the team anymore there's there's all these different reasons there's money there's nil and i feel like it's just the wild west when it comes to it there's just no rules that apply any anybody just hops in and and sometimes there's no rhyme or reason look at the heisman finalists this year it's bo nix transfer michael Penix transfer jane daniels transfer and then obviously marvin harrison jr the landscape of college football, all three of those guys were starting quarterbacks. Jane Daniels was a starting quarterback at Arizona State. Michael Penix, starting quarterback at Indiana. Bo Nix, starting quarterback at Auburn. Guys just feel the need. Go to a bigger school. Maybe something's not working out. Bo Nix didn't love the system under Brian Harson. Rightfully so. Brian Harson not at Auburn anymore. Great decision he made. Michael Penix, great decision he made. It's safe for Jane Daniels, but New York era college football, 10 years ago, you would never see something like this. No, you would never see it 10 years ago. And then sometimes, you know, some of the guys that are going into the portal are huge school guys. Um, so like I said, everybody has their reason. Um, sometimes it doesn't make sense on the outside, and sometimes it makes a whole lot of sense on the inside. So you can't judge a book by its cover, but it's it's definitely something crazy to look at. Yeah, biggest one, biggest really, let's say storyline I saw this week was Texas A&M. This team, everyone knows, has the biggest recruiting class, seems like, every year. They get the five stars in Jimbo Fisher, and they're on a roll. Highest rated recruiting class of all time in 2022, and now most of those five stars are gone. Denver Denver Harris, gone. Evan Stewart, probably gone. Walter Nolan, no more in recruiting that class, gone. LT Overton, gone. For a team to have that many five stars, when you look at, wow, Texas A&M should be really good this year, why did they only get 8-7 wins? Why did they not make a bowl game last year? Why is this team not in the national championship? Because if you put those guys on Michigan with that staff, you put those guys in Alabama with that staff, this is a playoff team. This is a 15-0 team. College football, changing. 
Yeah, that's when you start questioning the things that are going on behind the scenes and you wonder the culture behind stuff. Um, you know, you don't know if it's it, it if it just doesn't fit the players. You don't know if the coaches, you know, under underneath the surface are different than how they act on, up front. You know, there's so much that goes into a football program that people, you know, don't take into account a lot of the times. Everything matters. The 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 weird thing is that a lot of the stuff that, you know, people don't see are or well, the players being taken care of, you know, do they have the proper facilities? Are they are they getting the proper treatment are their bodies being taken care of is the equipment staff doing the stuff that they need to do for them and the answer is probably yes to all that at texas a&m you know that's the crazy part about it is with that budget and and the things and the resources that they have you know it's like what's what what is the issue here what what is really going on yeah for sure and you think about nil nil affecting recruits dante moore five-star recruit last year seems like he just went to ucla to be a rental get a year of starting experience and eyes back in the market he will be one of the most Highly sought after players. I know a guy you said, Aiden Childs, back on the market. Talk about that for a second. Yeah, you know, it was Dante Moore going in the transfer portal was definitely shocking to me. I didn't expect that. You know, I know I actually played against Ethan Garbers, the other quarterback that came in and had considerable time next to him when he had gotten hurt later in the year. Um, I played against Ethan Garbers in high school, great quarterback. But you wonder, you know, did something go wrong in that UCLA locker room? Did did Dante Moore not feel like he should have been there anymore? Because clearly he was obviously highly recruited, five star to go there. You know, was the talk of UCLA, and then all of a sudden he's out of there. He wants to go bigger i don't know ucla is pretty big to me you know he wants to go better i'm not sure should did he have the year that you know everyone expected him to i don't know you know your expectations can vary depending on how big of a fan you are of ucla and what your perspective is on that um but it was shocking to me uh, to say the less i think you want to be maybe more developed you could say because this is an elite recruiting class of archman and nico amaleva jackson arnold dante moore and he was really the only guy who got starting experience and he didn't play great maybe that's chip kelly not developing him well because this guy decommitted from Oregon when Kelly Dillingham left their offensive coordinator to go to Arizona State. Probably could have gone to Michigan. Big-time recruit from Michigan, from Detroit. Like Michigan, one of the top places that he could be looking at right now. But Dante Moore needs somewhere to be developed. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really important piece that you know quarterbacks around the nation care about. I know it's something that I care about here at UTEP. You know, you want to be able to improve and increase yourself, not only just as a player on the field, but as a overall football mind you want to be able to develop in the quarterback that you've always dreamed of being and if your coaches you feel like your coaches aren't doing that then that's definitely a reason that players could jump into the portal and seek elsewhere yeah players jump into the portal really surprising to me these days dante moore in charles for other guys let's cut the sports center update right now Guys, I'm Zach Lindo back in the 600 ESPN El Paso studios bringing you this Sports Center update. New UTEP head coach Scotty Walden has began the process of hiring his staff, starting off with Jake Brown, the co-offensive coordinator at Louisiana Tech, to become the new offensive coordinator here at UTEP, first reported by Chris Benini of The Athletic. Brown was a co-offensive coordinator at Louisiana Tech the last two years. He had previously worked at Texas Tech, Baylor, and TCU. He graduated from North Texas and is a native of Ennis, which is south of Dallas. Brown has multiple Texas high school football ties and that may have played a, a role in his hiring here at UTEP. J.J. Clark, the defensive coordinator at Austin P, who coaches safeties, he's also expected to join Coach Scotty Walden here at UTEP. Now to some NBA scores where, with 3.59 left in the third quarter, Toronto, the Raptors are down 10 to the Charlotte Hornets. It's 82-72. to Charlotte looking to get the win over the Raptors. 
With 6.19 left in the third quarter, the Pistons down big to the Orlando Magic. Orlando really having a good game. They're up 75-49 to in the third quarter. Killian Hayes is 12 points and 7 rebounds with that snow match to Paolo Bancaro's 19 points on the day. Now to a good one in Philadelphia where the 76ers hold a two-point lead over the Atlanta Hawks, 85-83 with 4.46 left in the third quarter. Joel Embiid already with a 27-point double-double. 27 points, 10 rebounds for Joel Embiid. That's all I have for you back here in the 600 ESPN El Paso studios. We're going to send it right back to Lane Frank and Cade McConnell. Back here on Sport Talk, everybody. Cade McConnell co-hosting with me, Lane Frank. We got UTEP Zay in the background. Now, Cade, you're a Long Beach guy. You're from California. You like the Pac-12. You like that whole conference. I know you have some strong opinions on that. I'm just going to let you voice it right here. Yeah, I do have some strong opinions about it. Growing up in California and on the West Coast, the Pac-12 was what we grew up loving and watching. Everybody from where I was was either a USC or UCLA fan and loved the Pac-12. Those, When you're young, you know those are the schools you think about going to growing up when you wanted to play uh, Division I sports, you know, where all those Pac-12 teams. Um, and we were just talk- we were talking about it with Bernie earlier. We were just talking about it off air. It makes me so sad that the Pac-12 is going away and won't, won't be anything. You know, we don't, we don't know exactly what it's going to be, but it's definitely not going to be what it has been. And I think that's just such a disservice and a, and a sad moment for college football with all the history that's been there you know yeah there's been minor changes to conferences and teams have joined and added here or there but to lose almost an entire conference like that I mean there, there's so much history in college football and culture and and a, and a true part of sports that is now going away I think it's I think I don't know I don't know what it helps you know it's, I know I understand it's all about the money it's all about the TV rights and the big conferences and everything like that but at some point it's got to be about you know the athletics at some point too one of the other things that we talked about uh, on the show a few weeks ago when I talked about this with Steve and Adrian was there's other sports besides, you know, football too. Football has the capabilities to fly across the country and, and that's the type of, you know, fundraising and, and budget that football gets. But there's other sports too that don't have that type of funding. They have, you know, that f- don't fly chartered flights and things like that. And now they're going to have to be flying all the way across the country and their families are going to try to find a way to try to go watch them play sports across the country. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. What about USC volleyball going to play Rutgers on a Wednesday night? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, what what USC presence is going to be able to be there or the parents and families that are going across the country. Like that's just, that's not easily accessible. Also, what people, you know, unless you're, you know, a really serious sports fan, what volleyball fans from Southern California know about or care about Rutgers? Exactly. And when you think about it for football, it's okay. You know, you get back on Sunday or whatever it might be, late Saturday, finish your game. But for basketball, this is peak time of year for guys. They're playing on Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, Friday nights, Monday nights. For baseball, you're playing during Monday day, Tuesday day, Wednesday day, whatever it might be. Then you have to take a flight cross-country. Then go back cross-country. This is not pro sports. Stop trying to make it like pro sports. I said on my show, college football died a little bit last week. And I want to say right, why right here. College football died a little bit. Pac-12 Conference had their last full slate of games in that week 13. Texas and Oklahoma played their last Big 12 regular season game in that week 13. Big 10 West, even though how much we hate it, it's over. There's going to be no more fun three to nothing football games, no more insane things like that where you have this amazing defense because that's what college football was built on. Teams like Rutgers playing the first ever college football game ever. Teams like Iowa who had that history, that rich tra- tradition of, you know, we're going to punt the ball, we're going to put you in bad positions, and that's how we're going to get our points. 
CBS, no longer going to have SEC, the Iron Bowl. That CBS-SEC tribute made me tear up a little bit sad right there. It did. Because that's what college football was built on. Hearing Vernon Lundquist call that kick six. Hearing Brad Nessler call the Milrow miracle to Isaiah Bond just two weeks ago. Not having CBS, not having the Iron Bowl anymore. It's heartbreaking, everybody. It's just not going to hit the same with the Big Ten. And last thing right here, with the new 12-team playoff, that Michigan-Ohio State game will never have that same level of intensity for the game. Now, you can play in the National Championship game. Cool. It's not going to be the game. The game is when you're playing on either Michigan's home turf or Ohio State's home turf. And when you think about it, Michigan-Ohio State, say it's the two best teams in the country. Cool. They're just going to play again the next week in the Big Ten Conference Championship game. They're both going to make the playoff. As for this year, winner of that game gets to continue, make the playoff, loser goes home like Ohio State. I think everybody needs to hear exactly what you just said right there because I agree with every single word you just said. College football did die a little bit, and the the thing that makes college football, in my opinion, so much uh, more exciting and, and different than the NFL is the culture behind it and the history behind it and the rivalries and who the schools are, and a lot of that has to do with geographic location. Look no farther than right here in El Paso, right across the road, New Mexico State, a great rivalry because of proximity. You know, they obviously, have, we've played them every year because they're our rival and they just came into Conference USA, which makes the rivalry even richer. But as soon as you start, it, what if our rival, you know, or, or teams that we play in every every year in our conference are across the nation? That just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And just the overall geographical location of conferences, it would be better if they were closer and how they have been. For sure. We'll be back soon. Sport Talk fans, close out the 7 o'clock hour. I'm ABC 7 Stephanie Valle with your top stories on this Friday, December 8th on 600 ESPN El Paso. There was a statewide hoax aimed at Texas schools, students and staff, and El Paso was included. The FBI's El Paso office issued a statement today saying, quote, the FBI is aware of the numerous hoax incidents wherein a bomb threat at a school is made. The FBI takes hoax threats very seriously because it puts innocent people at risk. While we have no information to indicate a specific and credible threat, we will continue to work with our local, state, and federal law enforcement partners to gather, share, and act upon threat information as it comes to our attention. We urge the public to remain vigilant and report any and all suspicious activity and or individuals to law enforcement immediately. A fugitive was arrested while El Paso County Constable deputies conducted a traffic stop. Dario Armendariz Hernandez had an outstanding pre-trial bond revocation warrant for the charge of assault family violence. Armendariz was taken into custody and booked into the El Paso County Jail. Registered voters in District 2 are heading to the polls Saturday for the City of El Paso's special election. The council seat is now vacant after Alexandra Anello resigned to run for state office. Four candidates are vying for the seat. Veronica Carvajal, a local attorney. Judy Gutierrez, a retired City of El Paso staffer. Josh Acevedo, an El Paso Independent School District Board trustee. And Ben Mendoza, a mediator. ABC7 asked the candidates six different questions throughout our newscast today leading into the election Saturday. We're bringing you their responses beginning on ABC7 at 4. The Stormtrack weather team warned you winds have been picking up on the east and northeast sides of town. The ABC7 Stormtrack weather team issued the first alert to prepare you for that and a big drop in temperatures. Be sure to download the KVIA weather and traffic app to track any changes. Get the KVIA news app for updates. Also find updated news and weather on air and online at KVIA.com. I'm ABC7 Stephanie Valle for 600 ESPN El Paso. Weather, uncorruptible yet mysterious, its movement determined by the cosmos and nature as indiscriminate as it is life-giving. 
Here at EBC7, Chief Meteorologist Doppler Dave Spielman and Storm Tracker Nicole Gomez investigate Mother Nature's only weakness, studying the language of science to exploit any hint of predictability to give the most accurate report for you, your property, and your family's safety. ABC7 Storm Track Weather, always tracking first to alert. Are you looking to buy or sell your home in the El Paso area? Hi, I'm Timothy Cantrell. With his vast knowledge, unwavering dedication, and valuable resources, Timothy is here to make your real estate dreams come true. Ready to take the next step? Contact Timothy today. You can call or text him at 915-204-8441. And don't forget to follow him on Instagram at Timothy Realtor for the latest listings and tips. Timothy Cantrell, selling the dream, one property at a time. This is Steve Kaplowitz, and 600 ESPN El Paso has a great way for you to enjoy sports talk on demand. Download our show by subscribing to the free 600 ESPN El Paso podcasts on your Apple or Google Play device. After that, you can enjoy the best of sports talk each day, delivered commercial-free to your phone or tablet. That's right, all the best calls, interviews, and insight with the touch of a button, so you never miss a moment. 600 ESPN El Paso podcasts. A healthy weight, more energy, and smooth, regular bowel movements. Three things everyone strives for. It's me, Chuck Norris. There's one really important thing we don't talk about enough. Our health. Achy joints, digestive issues, weight gain, and fatigue. We're told these are normal signs of aging. So working with a team of health experts, we came up with Morning Kick. Morning Kick is a revolutionary formula combining 10 different supplements in one. Probiotics that help you lose weight. Prebiotics for digestion. Superfoods for muscles and joints. And several of the most powerful. Powerful anti-aging supplements on earth. It'll help you feel youthful, energized, focused, and help manage stress. Anybody can achieve great health regardless of their age. Go to roundhouseprovisions.com. Use code SUPPORT or text SUPPORT to 511-511 and claim 40% off today. Every purchase comes with our 90-day money-back guarantee. Text SUPPORT to 511-511. Morning kick. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Tax fees may apply. Spoiled supermarket meat? Sawdust-like fillers? Artificial preservatives? Ho, ho, hold on there. I'm veterinarian Dr. Marty Goldstein. You don't want your dog eating any of that. These potentially harmful ingredients are found in many of today's popular dog foods, but not in Nature's Blend. A freeze-dried raw dog food with real cuts of meat, omega-3 rich seeds, and superfood veggies and fruit. Nature's Blend is designed to help support your dog's playfulness, healthy skin, soft coat, easy digestion, and youth full mobility. Your dog will go bonkers over Nature's Blend's savory flavor and texture. For a limited time, save up to 54% off Nature's Blend and receive a free festive holiday dog sweater with select orders. Go to drmartypets.com slash deal or text deal to 511-511. I guarantee it with a 100% 90-day return of your purchase price. Offer available with select orders while supplies last. Text fees may apply. You may receive up to one additional text. Text stop to opt out. Paid for by Dr. Marty's Pets. 93.1 KISS FM and the Outlet Shops at El Paso present the Great Purse Giveaway. Sign up to win a brand new, brand name purse plus everything inside, including two tickets to enjoy an eight-day, seven-night Caribbean cruise. Great Purse prizes include a journey to Journey as you cruise to Las Cruces to see Journey. Also, free movies for a year, a $500 gift card to Johnson Jewelers, two free Peter Piper pizzas per month for a year, plus a brand new, brand name purse. The Great Purse Giveaway. Learn more at KISS El Paso. 
ElPaso.com. Save more and gift more with the Black Friday weekend sale at the outlet shops at El Paso. Explore over 100 stores, including the new Kate Spade store. Visit the outlet shops at ElPaso.com for more information. Save more and gift more this holiday season at the Outlet Shops at El Paso. Explore over 100 stores featuring new additions like Kate Spade and more. Visit the Outlet Shops at ElPaso.com for more information. Hey, this is Ian Fitzsimmons. Join me and Freddie Coleman following Sports Talk for Freddie Fitzsimmons on El Paso's home for UTEP Sports, 600 ESPN El Paso. Here we go, Sports Talk listeners, the final countdown. I'm your host for today, Lane Frank, Steve Kaplis, Adrian Bross, are out of the studio. Co-host with me for these three hours has been Kay McConnell and Zay Gallindo. We've had a great show, guys. We've had new UTEP head coach Scotty Walton on. He brought the energy. He brought the heat. Had Jim Center on. He was great. And Bernie Olivas talking some crazy stumble stuff. Yeah, it's been a great time, like we've said, after every segment. I can't say it enough. Uh, I would love to hear the people that have been listening's input. Please tweet out on X at 600 ESPN El Paso how you think the show has gone with Lane and I so far. And Zay, uh, it's been a whole lot of fun. Maybe we could do it again soon. Uh, We'd love to hear your guys' feedback and how you think it's gone. And Zay, I know we had a caller. Do we still have him on? Here we go. Hey, Rob, you on? Yeah, I'm on. What's up, man? You're on oh. Sports Talk. You're live. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I, to answer your question about the show, um, this has been one of the best shows of the year, I think, uh, as far as you guys hosting it uh, and the guests. The guests have been amazing. Um, I didn't even know until you know I was leaving work and you guys read up the lineup, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have to keep listening on the app because it just doesn't end. It was really good. Really good show. I liked it. Um, I just wanted to give my thoughts like kind of on – the tail end of your guys' conversation about college football and um, kind of my thoughts on the new coach. But, uh, yeah, as far as college football, yeah, I don't think it is what it used to be. I think um, I was fortunate enough to be uh, a freshman in high school, I think, during the the pinnacle of college football, to me at least, which was, you know, the Texas-USC National Championship. I think, I think that aired like 40 million viewers. Um, and I think a large part had to do with the fact that a lot of these players um, – stayed at the same university for three years, so three, four years. So you had four-year starters, three-year starters that people grew to knew and grew to follow. People had, you know, Reggie Bush jerseys. They had Vince Young jerseys. They had Matt Liner jerseys. They could follow the player, whereas, you know, the transfer portal and, uh, you know, Alabama, Georgia stacking up five-star players, you know, as backups. A lot of the times you won't see these guys till they're a junior and then they're off to the NFL. And I think it just makes it hard for fans to – uh to genuinely follow a player throughout his career, it was transfer portal, and I think the the talent being consolidated to, you know, one region of the United States, the the Southeast. Um, but as far as uh, the UTEP coach is concerned, I think that that might be the first hire I've seen UTEP go for in a long time, where they they've gone for um, quote unquote not a safe bet, even though the safe bets weren't really safe bets, but. I think they needed to go that way. I think that that's the way the game's going. Um, I don't think they've ever gone for a guy that's on his way up, not on his way out, if that makes sense. I think going forward, UTEP needs to – and you know what? If, if Coach Walden leaves in two, three years, I'll be happy because that means that we hit a couple bowl games and he got us back on track. And I hope that center would look for the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. 
because the program that reminds me of of that. Uh, I don't know if you guys aren't too sure, but uh, at one point in time, Utah was at UTEP's level. And, you know, they hired Urban Meyer from Bowling Green. He took them to the next level, and he left. And then they just kept hiring and hiring good coaches till they got into a big conference, and now they're uh, a big-time football school. And I, I think that's that's kind of the way forward is, is the Utah-BYU kind of kind of method of hiring, yep. whereas as you're hiring the next young guy on his way up. If he goes to Florida, so be it. If he goes to Texas, so be it. But that, to me, is a more, I guess, yep. that's a better model than what, we, what we've been following. You know, uh, we've been kind of doing the same thing for 20, 30 years in the stall days, and I think that, you know, this is the perfect way to just, you know, change it up and excite the fan base. And I got people telling me they don't even watch UTEP football that they heard about the new the new coach. So yep. um, I, I'm excited, and I'm, I'll renew my season tickets for sure. Well, we'd love to hear right there. I know Coach Walden loves to hear that. I know Jim Center loves to hear that. I like what you said right there. UTEP made a different hire. They're not hiring a guy who looks like they're on their way out. They're hiring a guy who looks like he's on his way in. That's what Scotty Walden seems to be. You mentioned Utah, TCU, also a team that was in the group of five, made a New Year's Six Bowl game with Gary Patterson, and now they're a college football powerhouse. You could say made a national championship last year. That's what I like to see right there. Hopefully UTEP can be like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think Coach Walden brings a completely different element um, that's been here in a while, and it's exciting. And that's one of the words that we've used on and on throughout this podcast. Um, and, you know, we're going to continue to use it throughout the entire time that Coach Walden is here because that's exactly what he is, is exciting. Um, I think it, I think that he brings a new aspect that the fans are going to be able to love. Um, and I think that he's kind of got those, those new school thoughts and ideas when it comes to football philosophy, but an old soul when it comes to caring about the culture of UTEP and, and the passion and the history um, that has come with college football um, that you were talking about right there. Another thing too, uh, just want to thank you, you know, from from Lane and I about how much you, you know, said the show was so good today. Um, I know Lane takes a lot of pride in this, and I do the exact same thing myself. Uh, Lane's had, you know, schoolyard sports and his sports talk show that he's got to do. I'm I'm a little newer to this, but for you to be able to come out and say that, you know, you think it's one of the better episodes that's been on, uh, that's really exciting uh, for me. I know it's exciting for Lane, and we definitely appreciate it. We appreciate your call so much. All right, that was a great. This been a great show. Sports Talk listeners, Steve Kaplitz, Adrian Bross, as a student today, Kate McCall and I, and Zay Galindo. I feel like we filled in pretty well. Again, great guest for you. Hopefully we gave you some more insight into how Scotty Weldon is, the new UTEP head coach. Some more insight on the Sumble, UTEP Volleyball, Jim Center. We talked about that for him with a minute. Some more college ball playoff talk we have with him. It's been a great show, Zay. Sure has, and it's, it's been fun being a part of it. Definitely. Yeah, I look forward to doing this hopefully again soon. Uh, hopefully that we could get in here, maybe all four of us again, uh, with Adrian and Steve as well. Um, lot, long, lot to learn and a long way to go, but definitely an exciting show, something that was different. Lane, by the way, I know that you know no one else may say it, but hats off to you uh, for having our guests on today and getting in contact with them. You know that's that's hard to do as someone who's 15 years old, and you came in and did a great job with it. You know you're so knowledgeable and well spoken. Um, had such a great time here with you, and maybe we, we're going to. We're going to do more stuff in the future. I guarantee you that. For sure. You've definitely got a bright future in football and sports media. Thanks, Lane. Yeah, this is a great show. Thank you so much, Sports Talk listener, for listening. For these three hours with us, 600 ESPN El Paso, Lane Frank, Kay McConnell, and Zay Gallindo signing off.